being programmed to chill a show about business crime parapolitics and esoterica with your host jimmy fallon gong we'll do it one more time okay on so three two one clap hey you guys are pretty in sync it's uh it's all of our years being in bands together yeah we can clap well real tight unit (laughs) (laughs) no music we've ever made could be described as tight you could describe it as a lot of things but that's not a word i'd use for it yeah all right so today we are joined by the crew the uh the mind games crew now some of you might remember cj also known as dr pig bodine is it bodine or bodine I think the proper pronunciation is Bodine, but I have been saying Bodine mm. for most, you know, six or seven years now. So I'm going to go with Bodine. Yeah. Just like I say so, Pinchin, even though I know it's Pinch On. Yeah, I'm not saying Pinch On. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I'm, that's, not, that's I'm, so freaking, I'm not from New England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, like, I had I had a joke in college about, like, Pinching a meanie, like taking a shit, like pinching, pinching <laughs> one off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I think he would appreciate that. So, oh, a hundred percent. So, some of you might remember CJ from our episode on the From Hell graphic novel comic uh, by Alan Moore, which was one of my favorite episodes. And some of you might know that CJ launched his own show, Mind Games, which. I guess you could say it attempts to deconstruct video games as a medium, while specifically also keeping in mind a lot of the parapolitics, a lot of the deep politics that we talk about. Uh, Sort of the same framework as like when we discussed From Hell, although of course there's less magic for the most part, right? So they talk about a lot of stuff like the Pentagon, intelligence, psyops, and they're looking at like video games as a framework for investigating those things, right? And the thing that I like about Mind Games is it looks at those things, but it also has Florida energy. It's very (laughs) fun. It's a little freewheeling, I guess you could say. So how would you guys uh, explain Mind Games, I guess? Well, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, trying to have a good time while you know, taking video games seriously, but not too seriously. Um, You know, they're a real pervasive uh, form of media consumption. Um, And a lot of the times they either get written off as like harmless entertainment or, you know, the reason that there's school shootings. And I don't think that either of those extremes is the case. Um, So I think that we're trying to, uh, you know, get to the bottom of you know what how video games serve the you know interests of power but also you know we've been friends for like 10 years and so it's just an excuse for us to get together and smoke cigarettes and hang out once a week (laughs) yeah that's sick no i mean like like a personal grudge that i've had against video games if we're airing our grievances is that like a lot of people want to like talk about video games as art, kind of like how they'll do that with like comic books. But the thing is, 
I guess maybe this is a thing about like a medium still kind of in its infancy where it's just like the level of art that it uh, manages to achieve is so fucking low sometimes. Like <laughs> some of 100%. the worst writing I've ever heard is in oh, video God, games. Yeah, for sure. Even like yeah. even the games that get praised as being like high art, like something like The Last of Us or The Last of Us Two. Um, mm-hmm. It's like if that were a novel, like, it would be laughed <laughs> out of publication. Like if it's they're making a TV show, and I know it's going to be terrible. Um, it's but because the bar is so low, people will just jump like seals and clap like or clap like seals for just about anything that's like you know functional on like a grammatical level well i think we kind of take take it from like the fact that we all enjoy video games but we know i guess what the video the culture of most like the video game culture so we kind of look at it as like rather than whatever our like daily enjoyment is out of it like how much damage is it actually doing to the (laughs) regular individual yeah also i think we we do play it a little fast and loose um, with mind games, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because, I mean, you have so many of these different uh, platforms or like uh, Kotaku and what have you that are viewing these things so seriously. Yeah, we're providing some some mm-hmm. legitimate critique, but at the same time, it's it's a fucking video game. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, like, I've seen some, like, Kotaku articles that were, like... Oh. They were saying that this is journalism. And it's so funny, like, again, I know you talked about how, like, you guys don't know that much about Gamergate. I also don't know all of the ins and outs of Gamergate. But, like, they were getting on gaming journalism. But, like, even good gaming journalism is, like, the shittiest journalism I've ever read. Oh, God, yeah. It, it doesn't... It Like, I... We are, as we've said, an anti-journalist podcast, and when, when pro-bird, it, like anti-journalist, pro-bird anti-journalist, and the lowest form of journalism is, you know, dicking around on an Xbox and then writing about it and pretending it means something. You're yeah. you're a catfish. That's catfish shit. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so bad. <clears throat> Let's see here. And, yeah, I just think that, like, everyone plays video games. You guys play video games. I play video games. And, like, being able to be critical of things you like while still also being like, yeah, I enjoyed this or, you know, whatever. But, like, I just, I hate how, like, some nerd culture has, like, this tendency to, like, oh, this is my baby. Like, I love this media (laughs) and I can't abide any criticism of it or even the medium itself. And it's just, like, Mm -hmm. nostalgia is such a sick disease right (laughs) i think there's like a huge thing to be said for just like taking something for what it is which a video game is video game whereas yeah there's like so much culture around like either absolutely loving something or absolutely hating something and like you know the the nerd community (laughs) oh yeah well i also think too i mean like i think that people as as people become more alienated and and have fewer, you know, meaningful connections in their life, they need their identity to be through the media that they consume. And then once you start attacking that media, even if it's coming from like a loving place, right? Like we, like, like we've all said, we love video games, we play them, but there's a lot of issues and shit to talk about. But for somebody who 
doesn't have friends or a family or a community. You can't integrate it as a part of your personality. Right. All of a sudden Mm -hmm. you're attacking the person, not their media consumption, like the, or attacking their media consumption is attacking the person. Um, so -hmm. people get real, real quick to, you know, feel hurt. It's like, dude, just relax, man. Like you saw like a movie, like fight club where it's like, we are not our things, right? Like, our things right. do not define us. And then it's just weird to see people go the extreme opposite with, like, my Funko Pops are basically my identity. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't like people attacking my Funko Pops, but it's because I love them <laughs> for what they are. I treat them as individuals, you know? As members of the family. Exactly, right. You will not attack my children, you will not attack my toys. <laughs> That's the castle doctrine, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, baby, we in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then I will say, I like I can already tell that this episode, well, other than the thing that we talked about, CJ, which I probably shouldn't say too much more about, but like this might be the episode that gets me in the most trouble because like <laughs> I'll probably say a bunch of either stupid or mean opinions about video games. Yeah, it's a dangerous dangerous ground. Yeah, just like <laughs> video games themselves, Mind Games has a uh, very uh, corrupting influence. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 going to bring we're going to bring the uh that Florida energy to the airwaves and we're going to get you saying something cancelable if it kills us <laughs> it's okay though we have to edit we have to edit like several actionable threats out of every episode of our show because i get too heated so <laughs> yeah yeah cj gets a oh, little man. heated at times hey man i'm here for that it's all that game <laughs> media coverage yeah yeah like write a good article about it he'll get he'll be less pissed i promise <laughs> All right, so here's a question, and we'll go one by one for this. So how would you basically, like, okay, with your friends and family, you have, like, two sentences. How do you explain mind games to, like, a coworker or a family member? Um, CJ, how do you explain mind games? Well... First, I have to say I have not told a single coworker about mind games because <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know that it would go over very well. Uh, Hell's yeah, no one knows about my podcast either. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, I mean, it would depend on the friend or family member, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if it's somebody a little bit more pilled, I would probably say like, yeah, uh, my buddies and I have a podcast where we talk about, you know deep state propaganda disseminated through video games and interactive media. Um, If it were somebody who's less pilled, I'd say like, hey, uh, my buddies and I get together and we talk about a video game each week and usually we tell some jokes and talk about birds. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Try to keep it. But, you know, basically just that, you know, we try to have fun and talk about video games. I was telling a friend recently that I – I hope our show is something that you can listen to while you're doing something that you don't want to be doing and that it makes that a little bit less of a bad experience. So ultimately that's my goal. I was giving my dog a bath while listening to your most recent episode. So (laughs) exactly. Perfect. All right. Goal achieved. All right, Alex, how about you? 
Yeah, so I'm kind of copying CJ uh, with a two-pronged approach where, you know, for those that are kind of pilled, explain a little bit more uh, what we're doing, what games we're talking about. Otherwise, just kind of code everything with uh, just uh, nerd speak and like, oh, yeah, we're talking about video games and uh, uh, the mm-hmm. political implications and that, like their eyes glaze <laughs> over and it's like, okay, mission accomplished, <laughs> not listening. Yeah. So, so grandma... She's she's not on there. It's like, oh, <laughs> congratulations! Yeah, I, I should say I means, I did yeah. I did finally persuade my dad to listen to uh, our first episode, and I think he got like thirty minutes in, and he tried. God bless him. He was like, he's like, I, I could tell you guys were having a good time because <laughs> he's known all of us for like ten years, and I was like, yeah, that's about what I expected, Dad. I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's still better because like my mom basically uses my podcast to fall asleep. She told me that. And I was like, that's both weird and also not very cool. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's, I mean, we've, I think we've come out as being against ASMR, yeah. but like, especially if it's by your child. Seriously. <laughs> so, Cade, how would you explain the show? Um,. When I explain it, I say usually, I think I've only ever told like <laughs> five people about it because they were the only ones who've been interested. And I'm like, uh, we shoot this shit. Yeah. And am I allowed to cuss? Is that okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. I should have. I've, I've already dropped like no three worries. F-bombs. I'm sorry. I should have cleared that up beforehand. Whoops. Um, but yeah, I, I think I would describe it as we shoot the shit and hang out uh, mostly and we talk about uh, video games as propaganda and CAA stuff, and then usually the <laughs> second part is don't listen to it because the only people I've told about it are like my family, and they have yeah. they will have no zero interest. Um, well, and if they end up listening to it, you warned them. True. Yeah, that's you've done true. your due diligence at that point. Yeah, being a podcaster, it's kind of like exactly. a shameful secret. So it's like you both don't want to tell anyone. <laughs> And also, you kind of have to apologize. <laughs> it's like being 13 and discovering jerking off. Kind of like video games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say, I-, I want the right people to know about it, but not my family. And now, saying that after you said that part, it kind of ruined it. Honestly, though, that is a good metaphor for video games, because it's just like, everybody plays video games, but you don't necessarily want to tell... <laughs> talk about it that much yeah you don't want to talk about it all the time also also i will say this i told cj this that i was gonna shoehorn in the fact that i have played many many hours of this war of mine i am a freaking pro at that game yeah oh right on. good man honestly that is that's the only one i go back and replay I want to hear. So Jimmy has told me that uh, he has a a take no prisoner <laughs> strategy when he's playing this War of Mine. <laughs> that's the probably that's like the right way to play. I think we were all doing it wrong. We established. I want to hear like what it, what is like the worst thing you've done in this War of Mine? Uh, slaughter whole family definitely. Because here's here's the thing: <laughs> most of the characters will get depressed you if you do a genocide run but there's a couple characters who will not get depressed if you give them enough alcohol <laughs> and cigarettes and 
Um, I only did the really bad playthrough once or twice, but there is a playthrough where you can basically like kill the like bad soldiers or whatever, and like you can basically like not kill any civilians, kill a few soldiers, and like like it's really unrealistic, and obviously the game's not suited for that kind of story, but you can technically do it, and it is pretty fun if you can pull it off. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the like stretching the boundaries the game offers is probably like the most fun way to play if you've done it a couple times to like figure out what actually uh, like elongates yeah. your playthrough and doesn't make it totally miserable, which I think is the intended purpose. But like to play it in a fun way. <laughs> you know what is miserable also is the board game. It's not that fun. Video games into board games are always bad. We talked about that. I feel like that it existed. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's just like movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of board games, I, Jimmy, did I tell you that my wife and I uh, finally got sat down and played Twilight Struggle? Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. I So, listener, Jimmy recommended uh, Twilight Struggle to me a long time ago, which is like the most broken brain board game I've ever played. Um, and I've played a lot of tabletop RPGs. Like I have experience with broken brain <laughs> shit, and um, it's like a C- or a, a Cold War simulator game. But we set it up, and we spent probably three hours. Stayed up like way later than we meant to, and we got like twenty percent of the way through one game. Um, yeah, it's amazing though. You should listen. You should get Twilight Struggle, and then you know either your marriage will either blossom or die. Who won and who is which side? <laughs> um, I was the USSR and she was the US. Um, we didn't get far enough to dis- declare a victor. Um, I'm trying to remember what was going on. Um, we got to the second, like, mo- there's like three sections mm-hmm. of the game as, as time progresses. There's like early game, mid game, and late game. We just started the mid game. Um, I had maybe one more point than her but she's a lot smarter than me so it wouldn't have lasted it's <laughs> true we have to get her on the show we have to get all of our wi- wives and girlfriends on the show not that we have wives and girlfriends but yeah. alex has a girlfriend <laughs> yeah. and th- this week we got a side piece oh that's good okay so yeah and also this will be the episode where my listeners realize that I both play video games, which I've never openly admitted to on the show. And <laughs> yeah. And also that I'm a <laughs> filthy casual when it comes to gaming. So. <laughs> All right. So yeah, <laughs> I'm like, a. I, I pretend that I'm not a casual, but in reality, I probably play, you know, a couple hours of video games a week. And I'm like, yeah. actually, I'm just like, I'm a closet. <laughs> Gotta pump those. Those up. are rookie numbers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I used to be like decent as a teenager with, especially with first-person shooters. But yeah, I'm at this point very bad at video games. It takes me so long to get through these games we play mm-hmm. on easy yeah. mode. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, having children yeah. and being an adult. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, also when you spend the entire day looking at a yeah, screen, the last thing you want to like, do the thought of then then looking at another screen that's true yeah working from home like for eight like i realized like because i've been off work for the past two days because i've had covid and i realized 
like just playing video games and watching movies the past two days. And I'm like, so <laughs> I don't feel any different because this is literally just what I do every day. I'm just getting paid for it. <laughs> I live in a nightmare world. Welcome to the time loop. All right, so we're gonna go one by one, and we're going to talk. We're gonna say our favorite video game, <clears throat> and I'll go first. Probably gun to my head. Favorite video game, probably Yakuza Zero. It's so good. It's nice. what's what's your what's your pitch for why it's the, your favorite game? Well, basically, it's like it's it's absurd. It has like soap opera elements, but it's also like kind of like a Martin Scorsese movie. It's also kind of like a Bruce Lee movie. It, there's also a million mini games. It's just very. It's very fun. It's probably my favorite. All the mini games, yeah. CJ, gun to your head. One game. Ooh. Um. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. I'm gonna go. Uh. It's not like a complicated answer. Um. I really love The Last of Us. Um. I've played it a bunch of times. It's not the best. I mean, it's it's overrated. It's not as good as people make it out to be. But like, I just. I played it at the right time, like when it came out, and I have gone back and played it a bunch of times. Um, it's it's like uh, it's like eating like an ice cream sundae for me. <laughs> a very yeah, it's comfort food. Comfort food. It's very terrible, you know, sad. Yeah, very exactly. Sad comfort food. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that would be my answer. Right on, Alex. What about you? Oh. I trying to pick one's hard. I got two. Both are going to be unpopular. Um, unpopular pick one Skyrim. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a fucking loser. Um, and unpopular pick two Ace Combat five. Okay. I think that's I a mean, cool, like niche pick. No, yeah, that's, that seems respectable. Yeah. Uh, until you re- remember the fact that, uh, Oh, who sings Blurry? Blurred Lines? That's <laughs> P- Puddle of Mud. Puddle of Mud does the uh, does the, the entire soundtrack for that game. No Ooh. way. The entire soundtrack? Um, all, this lines up for you, Alex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I miss when one band would do like a whole video game soundtrack, like Crazy Taxi. That's true. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, I, oh, I mean yeah. they do they they still have some like, you know, just electronic background music but any any song of like meaning is all puddle mud songs (laughs) one of my favorite parts about about halo 2 is that not that that's my favorite game and i'm not skipping it over you just as far as music goes is that i was listening to the like loser metal bands that did songs for it at each time it came out so when it first came out breaking benjamin did a song for it and i was like a huge fan of theirs at the time and then it was remastered (laughs) and the guitarist from periphery which is a different nerdy metal band redid a bunch of the music for it so that's like a that that's that makes me happy that's pretty funny i I want to add an addendum i was thinking about (laughs) Uh, games with good soundtracks and I wasn't to say a favorite of mine is Tony Hawk Pro Skater but mm, I would yeah. I would have to go like Skate 2 is a game I could see myself taking to a desert island because I could I could just like play that game and then snap out of it 20 hours later and then go to, to bed and wake up and do it again I, like, I love those <laughs> games are like being mesmerized for me as a former 
sometimes still skateboarder. <laughs> yeah, those games messed me up because like I wa- like I played them probably like a lot of kids. I played the games and then I watched some professional skateboarding and I was just like, this is bullshit. They can't do it. Out of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, those those games are. Um... They were. I've broken my left arm nine times, and two is is responsible for. Yeah, lots of like, oh shit, I'm. I could probably do that in real life, and then next thing I know, I'm in the car, and my mom's saying, like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" This whole video game project of yours is because <laughs> it's all revenge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. CJ was just playing like uh, the Hall of Meat. Uh, game mode on yeah yeah exactly in in real life (laughs) (laughs) all right Cade, what's your favorite video game um definitely if you say kingdom hearts right now i'm gonna lose my shit oh yeah (laughs) star wars knights of the old republic 2 star wars okay okay i I was talked over star wars knights of the old republic 2 um for sure that's like the first like rpg i played uh i played it before i played the first one it was like the first like it broke my not broke my family's computer but like i couldn't i don't remember what age i was but i couldn't play it and i was like like upset about it like visibly upset and my dad had to like figure out that you had to actually turn off the cutscenes to make the video game work um but uh yeah that so i had to watch those on youtube like which at the time we were on like dial up. So I would like play parts of the game and then wait like two hours for the cutscene to load on my computer. On YouTube. Uh, but yes, that definitely is my favorite. Is, can I, I want to, isn't that seen as like the black sheep of the games though? I thought the first one is the one that a lot of people consider like the goat. Um, the first one is like really well loved. I don't know. Like a lot of people love the second one. I think it's like the thing that put obsidian, on the map before new vegas because they'd kind of do a thing or at least they used to where they would like uh, i mean a lot of people have mixed opinions on i know cj doesn't like uh what do you call it outer worlds yeah it sucks my wife is playing outer worlds right now maybe literally right now actually <laughs> really does she like it uh she thinks it's okay yeah that was my take that's funny i think they that's like what they what built their reputation with like taking something and making it better because like that was the first one i played but then after playing that one and playing the first one it's like they took all the stuff from the first one and made it better and the story's just more interesting mm-hmm. um i don't know i like that one a lot better i think the first one's pretty much just like a star wars like take themes and story beats from star wars and put them in these places where the second one has like a lot more going on right on I do like Obsidian. I really liked Fallout New Vegas. Um, yeah, same here. Um, they did what else? They did something else that was really good. Um, it wasn't Outer Worlds. I didn't like that shit. I'm such a bad. So it was Obsidian. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. Because and that's the other thing is like I always thought that I liked Bioware because of Night Seal Republic Two, no. but I just liked Obsidian. Bioware. I'm sorry. I'm gonna come out. One of my hot takes. <laughs> yeah, Bioware can suck my ass. I hate them so much. I tried to play one of the Dragon Age games, and I was like, "This is, <laughs> oh yeah, this is like." Yeah, you made... played Inquisition. Yeah, it's like it's like, I felt like they were like trying to like, what's that thing that people joke about of like, like guys who become trans from watching too many YouTube videos? 
I feel like oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like this might you're... be a cut. <laughs> this might yeah. be a cut. <laughs> yeah. What, where are you going? <laughs> this is a mind game, CJ. I I feel like the Bioware <laughs> game was like trying to turn me into like a, a Tumblr person. Like it was okay, that's actively. I, tot- I totally. Okay, that was that was a save. I, I, was I can still I was cut that, say. Jimmy. Still kind <laughs> of the only the good same Bioware thing. game I've, I've <laughs> yeah, played exactly. is the first Night Seal Republic. And it's like not, there's so much less of that. I don't know. Yeah, Bioware games are just like weird fantasy simulators. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean. With bad writing. Like, <clears throat> I, like maybe I might say this phrase too often, but like my wife also played Dragon Age. And every time I would look over and see what she was doing, it looked like the most boring bullshit. It is so, yeah. it, I don't know like how people... <laughs> I mean, like, I like fantasy just fine. I'm not, like, a huge fantasy guy. Maybe the first one's good. Even still, it just was, like, it was, like, have you ever wanted to do, like, interspecies sex stuff? Well, we have the game for you. Yep. It's, like, I, I I haven't, though. Like, I'm sorry. Again, <laughs> <laughs> I never had a Tumblr. Um, I think I'm not that a the fantasy whole, person. Like, draw, draw yeah. Mass Effect is just to, like, sleep with every alien. That yeah. Can. Again, another. Just the Star you know, Trek thing. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to say, this is a Star, Star Trek plot line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Star Trek is what, so much what, better. What that holodeck do, baby? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's a question for you guys. <clears throat> what game has made you dissociate the most? Now, for me, for me, I found that I was actually getting hypnotized by Hotline Miami. It's very yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the music's super addictive. I was really getting into that game to the point where I was just like, I feel like I'm being hypnotized right now. <laughs> what about right you on. guys? I was, uh, was going to say yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I'll I'll just piggyback because I, I, I've never really been like a computer gamer guy, but in college I had a strong enough laptop that I could play some games. And mm-hmm. like, if not the first, one of the first games I got on Steam was Hotline Miami and like, I mean, Cade, you probably remember, like, hours. I remember very well. Hours lost. And you're like, just would not shut up about it. Yeah, well, and the thing, the thing too, is... It's I mean, like, it's great. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. But, like, it's 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 also, like, so much like a puzzle game because, like, you're one-hit kill mm-hmm. and the enemies are one-hit kill. And so it, it instead of there being a lot of, like, tactics, like a normal shooter, it's, it's more like, you know, like... I mean, all games are pressing the right buttons in the right order, but this is very much like a timing, rhythm. It was like experience. a like a loop. It would, you could like loop it and like keep trying. Yeah, and... exactly. And then too, like with the gore, it was like yeah. very like, just like y- you become. I mean, then the game is about like you know Shh. MK shit, and so yeah, it it was <laughs> it was very effective at like you know communicating to the player what it was trying to do. I yeah. would definitely recommend um, if like you want to go back into like a you know disassociative state by video <laughs> game, like like Hotline Miami into the Gungeon is like the same sort of because they're mm. like bullet hell games or whatever. It's just like con- like it starts out sort of easy-ish, but it's just like constant uh, like lasers on the screen and the music's great and you'll just like lose your mind. It's- yeah, that's what. It's crazy. I don't even like Bullet Hell games. It's it was just specifically yeah. Hotline Miami. Yeah. But yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Alex, what about you? Um, 
Honestly, probably. probably Skyrim. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, another game that it's like sucked that much time away from me. Um, I've got to say, though, uh, probably Black Ops 2. Oh, really? Because it, it's just, it's, it's uninspiring. But for some reason, like, you know, 15-year-old me was like, I'm going to get diamond pistols. And I spent like <laughs> probably 300 hours in, in live lobbies. Just we all know how those lobbies were or still are. They're terrible places for, you know, I, I mean, if you, it's great if you want to go blow off some steam and get yelled at by a bunch of 12 year olds uh, and have like death <laughs> threats. But um, yeah, that that was a that was a weird place. Weird time. Another good one for dissociating is like uh, I I, w- I had a, a heavy Guitar Hero phase as a kid, mm-hmm. and um, those you know just like days gone to just like playing. What was the one the Slayer song that everybody was like Rain and Blood? Rain and uh, Blood, yeah. Rain yeah. and Blood. Yeah, and it was just like now that um, Microsoft owns everything, Phil Spencer wants to bring Guitar Hero back. Hell yeah. So, uh, all right, guys. Uh, podcast is over unless we're covering. Mountain guitar Goats yeah, Guitar yeah. Hero. Yeah, right. Yeah. There we go. Just, just Mountain shit. Goats. And, like, you have to buy every album as a separate DLC because it would just make them so much fun. I, yeah. I want... Like a very tiny population. I want to play Charlemagne in Sweatpants by The Hold Steady on Ooh. Guitar Hero so bad. <laughs> and I don't really drink that much anymore, but, like, I would get sloppy drunk and try to because like every guitar line in that song sounds like the guitar is drunk oh that would be amazing <laughs> that would actually be like the it would it's like dad dad guitar hero yeah yes dinosaur jr um yep yeah so kid what game made you dissociate the most um I would. It's hard to say, like specifically, like any racing game that I've played. Like I, I will talk. I mean, I still talk to CJ about it. Like I will just like lose hours in a day playing. Like right now, like Forza Horizon Five. Like I've been playing because most recently it just came out. But yeah, um, like not even doing anything, especially in those like the open world ones where you can just kind of like race or not race and just like i don't know climb volcanoes in mexico and shit i just am like inside the tv it's great (laughs) and then (laughs) there's like a bunch of music in those it's not necessarily my thing or good but not not that it's bad but just like stuff that i would never normally listen to yeah that they usually pack those games full of like really good or really like diverse like drum and bass and edm music and stuff so it's some it's like a place where i can listen to that stuff too and enjoy it so i will i was gonna say and like kate i know that you are you know not a child but i have a really hard time (laughs) like we knew we knew a guy in college uh uh we'll call him kevin and um he had he lived in his parents garage and like some of our most like debauched times together as a friend happened at this guy's house but he um he was he had like a playstation 3 and a projector set up on the from the ceiling and he would like project whatever fucking doctrine the castle doctrine yeah he would project this these racing games onto this wall that he'd cleared off (laughs) and 
he would like no you're ruining it for me now i'm sorry but he would he would do so many drugs and like sit there behind the wheel of this little his little like racing kit because you know he like he like had he was this young single guy who didn't have a girlfriend for like a lot of reasons and so he spent a lot of money on this technology and he was like like drive around you know just like blasted out of his mind and i oh man i could talk about that dude for a long time but i can't take racing games seriously because of watching and he was older than us too so it was like oh man like if we if we fuck up this is where we end up (laughs) (laughs) a cautionary tale oh yeah oh 100 percent stereotypical hot couch guy Oh, oh yeah, he was, yeah. yes, yeah, he was, he, like... Meets the definition to a T. Yeah. Oh, he's the worst. Honestly, that is a pretty good framework for understanding so much of America. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what games have you guys played the most of? Because for me, I think, technically speaking, it's either Twilight Struggle, because I used to just, like, play it while I was, quote-unquote, studying in college. Um... <laughs> Or else maybe XCOM. I played uh, so much XCOM. Uh, what about you, CJ? Um, I mean, in pure hours spent, probably Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Um, that mm. was the first, like, between, like, I guess 15 and uh, when I like got my first serious girlfriend at 16. Like, that two-year stretch, I played a lot of games, like, online with, friends that i knew in real life and people that i'd met on xbox and like modern warfare 2 was the one that i ended up sinking the most hours into um but as far as like non-multiplayer games it would probably be um if not the last of us then maybe like either dishonored or metal gear solid 5 um Mm. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, I've played through like one and a half times, but I, it's another one that I can just, I just get lost in it. Um, and Dishonored isn't, you can just go back to it and have. I, I think those games are amazing. What about you, Alex? Um, Halo Reach is a top contender. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell also, yeah. anything Bethesda. When honestly, that game slapped. It was good. Which one? Reach. Oh yeah, that was amazing. That's the last like, uh, Bungie one. That's yes, it was. That's like um, um, Star Wars Rogue One, but for grownups. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the thing the thing too is I didn't spend that much time in the live lobbies because I mean I would just get smoked um, constantly. <laughs> um, but just playing around with the the world creator and uh, was it Reach World or something like that? I can't remember the name of the map. But, um, my, like, I don't know, my, um, engineering tendencies came out, uh, with that. And I'm just sitting there for like three hours building some stupid fucking base that like nobody's going to play on except for like me and maybe my brother, if I can convince him to. <laughs> Terraria is kind of a game like that for me. Like, I don't know if any of you have played Terraria, but like, yeah, there was a while in college where I would just dig and dig and dig and dig and dig into i think that's kind of like minecraft for a lot of people Mm -hmm. 100 percent. yeah man like i see minecraft and i would have i was like i would have really liked that when i was little (laughs) but i'm like an adult right exactly i'm not playing minecraft i'm sorry 
Yeah. <laughs> I never have, and yeah, I I would if I were a child, though. I'm sure I would. I mean, it's like Legos, but more versatile, you know? What's not to yeah. It's like Legos that you don't have to clean up. Or step on. Yeah. Or Good step point. on. So, Cade, what about you? A game that I've spent the most time in? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um... I don't know. Uh, Breath of the Wild, I definitely spent a, a lot of time in, um, just like or just like felt like it maybe, in a similar way to like I guess playing Skyrim or something like that. Um, I don't. I that's I've played. I've definitely played like both of the Knights of the Old Republic games three or four times, but I don't think I've spent the most time in them because they're not like as time-consuming as an open-world game like that. I've <laughs> probably the video game universe I've spent the most time in, which is embarrassing. It's like the Assassin's Creed because I think I played every single game, at least like not all to the end, but almost all of them to the end. So that's shameful to say, but it's definitely easy to waste time in. I remember when Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, came out, and Cade like. He persuaded me to get it. I gave up after like five or ten hours because I thought it was so boring. But Cade like played for like what, like thirty hours, and then you lost your save, and then you started over and did the whole thing again. I Correct. just I could not for the life of me because my brain is broken. <laughs> That's commitment. Yeah, my I played for like fifty five hours, and then my save oh. uh, got oh, corrupted. Oh. And then there's like a whole thing I found out that like Ubisoft like when you were manually saving it was like ruining saves. Anyways, I don't mm. want to talk about it. <laughs> like I can't even commit to like watching 8 minute videos that like my family sends me like Yeah. <laughs> You're very different from me. <laughs> that's how like I mean that's one thing that like I mean one difference between me and Kate and Alex Jimmy it sounds like you're more like me is like I can't do the long ass YouTube videos and I do not understand Twitch streams. Like yeah. just wa- spending 3 hours watching someone play a game or watching a let's play on YouTube is like beyond me. I couldn't you ha- you have to pay me so much money. I think it's a decent standard for ASMR at times like that. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> I can to, I can do long trying to go to focused sleep. YouTube videos a lot of the time of something I'm interested in. I cannot I've tried so many times to watch people twitch stream and i just it's not like it's scary to me like i don't like (laughs) all the talking to the people commenting and like i've watched some where people like i watched recordings back of some that people have done where like people will like donate some sum of money and like do hit a button and the person who's streaming has to like do a dance or some shit and i'm like nope this is (laughs) fucked up i hate it (laughs) yeah no it freaks me out i mean i guess it kind of makes almost more sense when i remember that like people used to just have the radio on all day and then if you just put someone on the tv it's kind of like that not to say that Mm. i like it or watch it because i don't but like yeah and i mean it's the same type of thing where like i obviously like i love podcasts the ones that i like i love but like talk radio like makes me want to shoot shoot myself in the head like i can't stand just people just like rambling like all day on like there's a specific radio station that i'm sure both of these guys are aware of that it's just like four dudes talking all day about like non nothing and i just hate it so much yeah is it the bone i'm sure everywhere has one of those is it still called the bone 
Yes, I think so. Yeah, one or two point five. The bone. Um, it's always in my father. Like if I'm ever in one of my father-in-law's cars, that is like I turn it on. And it's like full volume. That's the time. Like, I mean, isn't like Bubba the love sponge from like Florida? <laughs> yes, you guys yeah. are like he's on. He yeah. was, he was on the bone, but he got kicked <laughs> off. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, one thing that like not to not to derail the interview too much, but like one thing that. I think is really. So that's what we are here for. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. true. Um, like video games, I don't think there's other mediums. And correct me if I'm missing something, but like, you wouldn't ask like, "Oh, what's your favorite TV show to dissociate to?" Or like, "What movie have you <laughs> yeah. spent the most time dissociate?" Like, and one of the reasons I think that we were Forrest drawn Gump. to do this show. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is about a dissociated man okay i'm just kidding. you should probably cut that <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry moving on um <laughs> honestly okay before we move on and yes you should probably cut this we should maybe want to do an episode on forrest gump i will i will say you guys should do some movies you should do the gilmore girls episode you on oh, yeah, should. we will we absolutely will yeah i love gilmore girls because I can't wait to pro- see, like, because Alex, have you watched it before? Like, I can't wait to see Alex's. Yeah. I feel like me and CJ have watched the entire show. I've so. seen it twice. I've not yeah. watched the entire show. I've, I've, yeah. I've seen a, a fair number wait. of episodes. My mother is quite a fan. Really? I feel yeah, like I'm not sure really, I've like... seen a full episode, but. Oh, wow. brother, you got to watch it. It's amazing. <laughs> like, unironically, it's really it's good. Um, but no, like, the thing, like, it's just, it's. Like, one of the reasons that we, I think, do the show and one of the more serious, like, you know, big-brained reasons we talk about video games is, like, they they have a unique power when it comes to, like, media, right? Like, mm-hmm. you you get sucked in and it, you're just, your brain just shuts off, right? Like, it's like, it's like, uh, like a shark putting it on its back. It's all the different stimuli at the same time. Or whatever and petting its belly, right? But like, but you're still like, I don't think that you're not taking something from that experience, right? Either on yeah. like a like a barely subconscious level or on a deeper level, you know, like that still has an impact on you. And I don't, I don't know. It's it's. I think that that's like a very unsettling thing that is really common experience for people to just, you know. I guess that's why it makes binge- such a good mind control tool. Yeah, I mean that's like people binge watch TV shows, but like you, you remember when you're binge watching a TV show. Usually, you can like re- recite the plot, but like I could not tell you what I was doing for 12 hours playing Metal Gear Solid Five. I wasn't doing anything, you know, but I was, you know, also being a spy and you know, using a tranquilizer gun to knock out child soldiers and put them in balloons and send. It. Like there are things that your your brain is like picking up from that shit. Well, it's weird because it's like I remember, yeah, you'll remember how it feels and then you'll like, you know, come back occasionally and you're like, where have I heard of like you'll hear something mm-hmm. random and you're like, where have I heard of this before? And it's like, oh, it's it's from that video game and you probably won't even remember that, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, yeah. It's it's a good way to toy with your your brain cells. <laughs> Get out of here. My kitten is trying to attack my cord. (laughs) Yeah, no. Because, I mean, I think with TV, you can, like, zone out and just, like, waste a lot of time, too. But, like, with video games, it is a very 
different because it's like you are active in a certain way. But you're active, yeah. And then it right. tricks you into being almost like more inactive overall or something. I don't know. Yeah. It, like, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say that you... Like, I zone out in front of TV shows, but I don't zone out with games. It's a much more complicated, for me at least, like, balance of being present but also completely, like, just elsewhere. Yeah, like, definitely turns on some some parts of your brain extra and then, like, shuts off part like your body and other parts of your brain at the same time while you're also being very, like, you know, hand-eye coordination and everything else that's focusing well it's weird too because like how many like maps and like buildings and video games can you probably remember in like your oh, mind yeah. mm-hmm. that's so freaking weird isn't it if you think about well, it I'm, I'm not trying to be like joe rogan here but like no no but like, <laughs> no, yeah, it is. Kate, Kate let so i don't have an yeah, xbox man. one and Cade let Cade let me borrow his xbox his old xbox one so last night, um, my wife and I fired up uh, the original Halo, and like yeah. my wife is not a gamer. Like she's cool, you know. She <laughs> is not into that shit, but she, she's a good person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We we were playing like the first level of Halo, and she's like, and like you know, it's not like the objectives markers aren't very good in that game. So I was like kind of hapless. I I didn't know where to go. And she's like, oh, you got to go here. And I was like, how the fuck do you know that? She's like, oh, I played this with my brother when I was eight. And it's like, yeah. you know, she's 25. You know, yeah. like, how do you... It's definitely like a certain cache in your brain that yeah. collects, like, video game information, I feel like. Yeah, it's weird. And it just taps into, like, so many different... Depending on what type of game you're playing and what you're doing, I feel like it taps into different uh, stuff. Yeah, in a way that, like, other mediums cannot all do at the same time that's why it's spooky shit it's so (laughs) weird now here's another question for you guys uh which video game has fucked you guys up the most because (laughs) for me i I mean it's clarify yeah in what capacity like emotionally or like has like made us the most degenerate version of ourselves uh, l- <laughs> let's do both actually um, yeah, right. for me emotionally probably this war of mine I know it's going to be uh, you guys for my listeners who haven't heard mind games uh, these guys did an episode on this war of mine and it's pretty interesting my experience was not that much different honestly like you'll basically be like in charge of these characters who are in like a like a kosovo conflict type situation and like you'll be like starving to death and then you're forced to like face some orphans who are asking for food and then you have to like make a decision if you can spare some you know some bandages for these orphans and like if you don't give it to them then they'll fucking die and then they do in the game like it's it's pretty bleak (laughs) stuff right so emotionally, yeah, it's a nightmare. Probably that. What's um, your degenerate answer? Degenerate. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna have to think about that one, and then maybe I'll loop back because I wasn't thinking along those lines. But uh, what about you, CJ? Um, emotionally, um, I, the uh, the God of War reboot came out like 
right after my first son was born. And so mm. I remember playing that game like, you know, he he's he's a good sleeper now, but when he was, you know, 2 months old, he was not. And so I would stay up all night sometimes trying to give mm. my wife a little bit of a break and I'd be playing that and like holding him on my lap and like playing this game that again, it's not like super deep compared to like, you know, um even like an average movie about parenthood but it was at the time because of sleep deprivation and you know just where i was at in my life i was it wasn't a bad kind of getting fucked up but it was it was all those fatherhood hormones taking over yeah no that's crazy (laughs) that would totally hit different as a new father and that almost sounds like you're you were unintentionally brainwashing yourself into loving your son more which is like a hundred percent good sounding. Well, that's like the perfect like you just have a kid, you start playing that game, and it's like I cannot become this much of a failure. As a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's well, such a good game. It is. Know? It's a great game, and it's and it was you know, it was what it was just the right time and place to play it. Um, mm-hmm. So that one is probably the most like emotional experience I've had playing a game. Um, as far as degenerate behavior goes. Um, oh, um, I remember one time I was, <laughs> was probably like 13, um, and oh we had a friend, uh, <laughs> whose uh-huh. name was Sheldon. We won't, won't say last names, but he, he turned his life around big time. But at the time he was <laughs> just, <laughs> just, he was a big boy. like he like drank so much chocolate milk one time at lunch that he threw up everywhere like just like a kind of a gross dude we were playing (laughs) halo all night it was like halo 2 or halo 3 i forget and um he like he was sick and so he like had to blow his nose and so instead (laughs) of like getting up and turning the game off to go blow his nose he just like he was sitting on the floor and he just like leaned down and put his face in the carpet and then just like cleared both nostrils into the carpet <laughs> while he was oh, no. playing halo um and i was like one of the first times in my life where i remember feeling like how did i get here like what <laughs> what, what what steps did i take that put me in this situation um so yeah that was probably halos nice what about you alex mm. um honestly I've only played uh, Last of Us 1, haven't played Last of Us 2. The opening scene in Last of Us <laughs> is soul-crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't play it until I got a PS4. I didn't have a uh, PS3. So I'm watching this on the remastered version. The graphics for the time were really cutting edge. And you're just watching Joel's daughter just get fucking lit up. After playing oh my her, God, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, chunk. they really well, got I, you. I, I and I, I didn't read about the game. I didn't talk to anybody about the game, so I was just completely blindsided. But by, by that first mission, and I was just like, I, I set the controller down, and I went outside. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do I want to keep playing? And I did, but I haven't started. I never started that game over again. Just, just one and done. And then for degenerate, oh god, um, 
I think anytime you're in a, either a Call of Duty or Halo lobby, that's that's like peak degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially like circa like two thousand what nine 10, 10. 2008. somewhere in that ballpark. It's just oh god. I remember oh I remember my friend from church telling me trying to explain the concept of like playing Halo online, and that was like, you know, we we're both pretty young, but like that was like pretty early like the concept of like just gaming with people you didn't know was like almost unheard of at least for us and i was just like wait you're playing people from anywhere and like (laughs) and like he was explaining that like they would just say like racial slurs and i was like but why they don't even know who you are (laughs) yeah um that's the whole point some things go through the list until one sticks (laughs) yeah it's like it's weird how like online gaming releases like the weirdest parts of your id. Like, I mean, I, yeah. I've had friends who like broke controllers, throwing them through the wall. Like, it's like it really mm. just like activates your monkey brain, and you're just I, I don't know. The controller what it is. thrower is like a type of that's like a personality test type. <laughs> oh yeah, you throw the controller. Yeah, you're like. Yeah, you can judge a lot by a person with that. Watching how they play a Call of Duty game online, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. how do they rage quit? There's a number of flavors <laughs> exactly. of rage quit. Attacks on me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what about you, Cade? Um, I would say, I mean, probably I could give examples for both with The Last of Us Part 2 because... I feel like it's like escalates everything from the first game um, and does a really good job of like making the violence as like uh, visceral and upsetting as possible. Mm -hmm. And then the entire last stage of the game um, would be the most, what was the second one? What was the word you were using? Degenerate. 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 It's like how you feel playing like the last, like when you're, you get to the point where you're like uh, in a, I don't know. It just like the, the grossest I felt ever playing a video game, which isn't the same thing, but uh, would be the last stage of the last of us two, which I guess I, should I not say what happens? But anyways, it's very upsetting and, just the whole environment is rough but uh yeah everything about that game i mean i think it's like a masterpiece i think it like is better than the first one for a lot of reasons but Mm -hmm. uh yeah right on well i've been thinking about which game made me the most degenerate i guess (laughs) and when i was pretty young i really 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 wanted final fantasy 7 (laughs) and i knew how much it cost classic and i knew i didn't have a job we're talking like i was like less maybe 11 or something and i was like i don't have an allowance i don't have a job there's no way i can get money for this and so i basically realized that every day my dad would come home and he would drop coins (laughs) and i would Every day I would take approximately 25 to 50 to 75 cents. And so basically I ended up becoming a petty financial criminal to pay for this no, game. So like you after were like crow. three you months, were a crow. Yeah, limitations. Shiny things. 
Yeah. And so, like, after, like, three months of squirreling away quarters, I was like, Mom and Dad, can I buy this game? I have the money. And they're like, where the fuck did you get, like, 50 bucks? You're, you're like, 11, and we don't give you money. And I was like, uh, uh. And so, like, if this is, like, a money laundering scheme, I got the money, but I didn't layer it in any way. So, like... I got in so much trouble, but like I did get the game eventually. So I feel like, like as a parent, you have to reward that kind of dedication. Like if my kid were to spend three months doing anything, even if I were pissed about it, I'd be like, "All right, you know, you did put the time in." Like, I think that was the logic there, but uh, yeah, yeah, that would be that for me. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, so the next question would be, can you guys speak to the best gaming experience of your life? Like where it's healthy, it's adding to your life. Your life is better because of it. Because for me, if I'm honest with myself, it's probably like playing Mario Kart with my family, with my friends, like in person, we're sitting there playing Mario Kart. Everyone's having a good time. And like, you know, it's in rounds, so you can sort of play as much as feels natural and then stop. And, like, I have nothing but good memories of, like, playing Mario Kart with, like, my family, right? So what about you guys? Um, well, I mean, I think I'd have to probably just pick stuff that involves real-life gaming as opposed to online. Um, I would say that um, there was a spell in, like... I guess early winter of 2018 or late fall or whatever, where, um, you know, there was some stuff going on in my personal life and like, you know, my wife was having some stuff going too. And, um, we ended up bond, like kind of coming together over playing hollow Knight, um, which is a single player game, hmm. but I played it first and, and, I would play it like with her around and then she started playing it and um, it just kind of ended up being a, a really, you know, nurturing, like, you know, fulfilling experience too. Cause it's, it's like, it's, that's a, that's a, would be a close favorite for me, like a all time favorite game. Like it's for those of you who haven't played it, it's very critic. Um, there's not a lot of, uh, direction that you're given there's a lot you can like you have to kind of figure out or read into um so even though we weren't actually playing together on the same console at the same time we were able to like talk about it you know kind of theorize together and and it just became something that we shared and to this day like anytime i pick it up which i do from time to time because it's really fun um i'm just reminded of how you know that really pulled us out of a slump um hmm. so yeah probably hollow knight because metroidvanias are the best genre that's why they really are <laughs> yeah it's it yeah. very much so um also playing jackbox i don't know if any of you have played oh, yeah no, we played jackbox in college together i think that game's really we fun did. though um just you know acting like fools and <laughs> drawing dirty you know making dirty jokes and stuff what about you, Alex? Hmm. I've I've been thinking about this since you uh, asked the question. I'm 
Cade, you got one on on the top of your head? Give me another minute. Um, I mean, any game. It's it's hard to pick specifics. Like any, like uh, definitely any game I've played with like my family. Um, specifically like um, it takes two, which I played all the way through with my brother, uh, and then I'm playing it now with my wife. Is like just. Like there's a bunch of coverage on it. You can look at it everywhere. That's like, and I that I think like holds true. It's like if you want to like a like test your relationship and also like do something fun with somebody that yeah. like uh is like just a fun experience. It takes two is like a really great game because it's like changing every 15 minutes and it's super fun. But um yeah, I don't know. Also like Mario Party mm-hmm. is like a huge one for like me and my wife's family um that i've had a lot of like very fun experiences playing i will say also like weirdly in i almost not in the same way but i can like see (laughs) just like uh with the struggle of the game as far as like hollow knight just seems like a very it's like a hard game but i feel like it's like you when you persevere it's like very rewarding but like any like souls game i've played and the only one i've beat mm. is dark souls 2 and demon souls but uh and i both of them i've played in times when like i've had actual like personal stuff going on so it's like a good i feel like any like that kind of type of game is like a really like fun uh mental relaxer but also something to like work out your your frustration on uh in a way that like it fights back but it's really rewarding when you get get through it but i feel like that stuff helps you get through issues yeah and then maybe to give alex another if that was coherent at all no no that's good (laughs) and then to give alex another minute like i would probably agree like i played la noir uh (laughs) at a relatively low stage in my life (laughs) where and it like really in a bizarre and almost perverse way it like gave me some meaning and like guidance in life to not feel like such of a worthless fuck up basically so that was that was i guess rewarding i feel like if you play the right game at a time like that then it can like it like it's very insignificant but it's like the same as like reading a book or like watching a movie that makes you Mm -hmm. feel like oh i like either relate to that or it makes me like feel better about my situation it's a good thing yeah, I agree. Here to give Alex another minute. Like <laughs> <laughs> you can like because you spend so much time with them, right? And oftentimes at least once you're an adult, you're playing at night, right? Like your your mm-hmm. partner, or your girlfriend or whatever is at work or, or you know, you're probably alone. Like you can kind of develop uh these like weird relationships with the games that again very distinct from other media i mean i think you can do that with movies some but like not it's not it's just not the same where you know you keep coming back to this place that you start to start to like almost in a sense live in and you know have a relationship with and engage with um it's you know there's a lot of potential for goodness to come from video games yeah I feel like happily for me too, all those spaces have been within like single 
player mm-hmm. yeah story driven or like very maybe not story driven but like very i don't know what you would even call a souls game but the story is like through the gameplay but anyways something that's not a multiplayer game where i'm like you know yelling at little kids because i'm sure i mean and no judgment or anything but i feel like <laughs> a lot of people have that whatever you know relationship with a game is with a game where they're going and playing online every night which is cool especially if you're playing with your friends or whatever but uh for sure all right, and to give Alex a little bit more time, no, uh, <laughs> honestly, I'd, I'd have to say uh, uh, spending time with my brother uh, was back in, like, elementary school during the summers. We, uh, I can't even count how many times we played through like, Sly Cooper and um, Hell yeah. Jack and Daxter. Yeah, just some mm, yeah. real good, uh, like, PS2 titles. They're wholesome, spending time hanging out, and... It's kind of sentimental, but yeah, when growing up and you're kind of getting a little distant at times, like it's it's nice to to think about that. Yeah, I mean, definitely for me, the fact that like me and my brother played like Super Nintendo together when I was like five and he was eight, and then now in like the past like two years, like we've been hanging out more often, like once a week, and like a, you know, like a couple times a month playing video games together. It's very much like. I feel like a, a kid again, and it's like a very good. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the only times that you can like say that, especially like having children. Uh-huh. It's like makes your your brain totally weird and broken, and it's like you don't. It's hard to relate to experiences. But then when I'm playing a game with like my brother, it's like oh, I'm I'm a kid again. It's great. Oh yeah.
Let's talk about the exact opposite of this. <laughs> what are the worst oh gaming experiences of your life? I guess we did touch on this, but maybe like... Every Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> technically different, rather than like it making you feel degenerate. Like, what about like times when you were playing games and it was not helping your mental health or your social life or something like that? Um, I have probably one or two examples. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> when I was younger, I was playing one of the Civ games. I can't even remember precisely which one. And I got addicted to, like, basically stockpiling nuclear weapons and then raining death upon the entire world. And I, <laughs> I like, felt myself turning into, like, a little Henry Kissinger. Like... Oh, no! <laughs> I, like, it was really bad. Um, somewhat related... I was playing the Tropico games, especially some of the mid or later entries into Tropico. And, like, you really, like, unlike the first ones, you, you kind of get in the mindset of, like, doing really fucked up shit to, like, basically, like, steal money from your little island economy. And, like, you really sort of, like, internalize that thought process in, like, kind of a dark way. <laughs> Which, in retrospect, I thought was kind of bleak. And then, oh yeah, well, <laughs> uh, what did I write down? I was, at one point I got laid off and I was playing uh, Death Stranding. And that Ooh. game felt, that it feels like a job. So it almost was like making me feel like I was working when I wasn't working. <laughs> so like, it was actually really unhelpful. Um, and then in general... <laughs> I have the worst memories of playing Skyrim when I was just terribly depressed. And it wasn't even really Skyrim's <laughs> fault, honestly, but it was just like just a dog shit game for like a dog shit time in my life where I was just like <laughs> doing nothing, going nowhere. Just horrible time. Not really Skyrim's fault, but what about you, CJ? I <laughs> or anyone, go ahead. Yeah, Alex, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I can echo that sentiment with uh, with Skyrim. It's it's been the best of times. <laughs> it's yeah. been the worst of times, and you know you're feeling kind of down in the dumps, and you you know spend like an entire weekend um, <laughs> in your room, uh, aside from going out and like eating. Um, yeah, it's uh, I can put you in a kind of a dark place. I was thinking more along the lines though of like mercenaries 2 world in flames that nice. one also um did a great job of uh some like uh deep programming uh, <laughs> um yeah it was like oh yeah uh private military companies those aren't bad this is this is a great job <laughs> i've never even heard of this game oh have you not oh it is amazing yeah no, this sounds it, insane it, 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 it takes place in Venezuela. Oh no! And you are working right off the bat. To, yeah, and you are working either you're working against the government, mm -hmm. and either with some like transnational oil company or with the uh, resistance fighters that are quote unquote trying to overthrow the quote unquote corrupt government. <laughs> yeah, it's it's real dark, but uh. Yeah, um, you can call in airstrikes and all that kind of shit that Eric Prince does. Um, so it's yeah. like just cause, so. but like even worse, maybe. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's and it's yeah, just just cause times uh, was it executive outcomes. Mm. <laughs> it's it's the, also... the guy in, in it, the protagonist is South African. Oh no! Uh, it's also like it. I've played that game a lot as a kid, and like I, I am a huge sucker for any game that lets me like destroy property, right? Like oh, yeah, in a realistic way. Yeah, and so like. It you can bring buildings down with like you know these like heavy munitions, and so you just Wait, so you can I just mean, do an Oklahoma City basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it, the yeah. whole game is just doing yeah. the Oklahoma City bombing over and over and over again. Um, oh gosh! Yeah, and with, so, with your own private air force. Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, you, you know you have to like save up money so that you can afford bigger missiles. So that you can blow up bigger buildings, it's like it's a very like twisted uh, gameplay cycle. Um, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, we're we're definitely doing that on an upcoming episode. Yeah, it's... we will for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> do you have one, or do you want me to go? Um, I don't know. A lot of games that I played in like the three year period where I was uh, abusing. ADHD medication. <laughs> I would definitely say were bad times. I mean, just like where I was like literally not wanting to be playing them, but I couldn't not be playing them. Um, which uh, definitely a lot of Assassin's Creed games from there. Um, Coming full circle. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, it's hard for me to pick a specific. Um, I don't. One of the worst experiences I've ever had, like, like playing a video game, especially recently, is like the where I was just like, I guess especially since we've like started this podcast, and this was before we started the podcast, but it was like when we were in talks to do mind games, um, and I played, I think it's in the first Call of Duty, the AC-130 mission, which we talked extensively yep. about on that episode, and it's just like, this is not for me. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> Just like seeing little bodies in infrared, like flying from when I'm shooting uh, explosives into some random town in Europe or whatever, not for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Good takeaway. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had the same takeaway at 14. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> cool. Why, I'm gonna do that. I played it at 27. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I just hate anime. I. I hate it. I hate hell's uh, <laughs> anti anime action. Yeah, yeah. When you when you came out against anime at the beginning of the Japan series, I was just I was like like yes yes go Jimmy go like I was fucking over the moon. Um, no, but uh, I I dated a girl in college who was big into anime. Oh boy, and um, she got That's me a mistake. to. Pl- yeah, it was the, whole the fun thing part is every mistake. time he talks about all the girls he was with, you know, me and Alex were right along there for the yeah. Ride. You guys, you guys <laughs> probably remember it was a roller coaster, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was one of those things that like shouldn't have happened at like at all. But we were together for a little while, and um, she persuaded me to buy Overwatch and play it so that she could watch. Um, cause she like, she didn't really play games, but she was like a huge weeb. And so she wanted to, you know, 
be a part of the Overwatch community or whatever. And it just oh, like boy. it made me feel gross. Like it was <laughs> like because I I hate anime and you know she was like into it. A I just bit. hate being objectified while pl- while I play this online shooter. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> was, and like, was she making you wear a cat outfit? <laughs> Yeah, right. If if I had a little less self-esteem, I would have been dressed as a cat. Um <laughs> yes. But uh but yeah, I mean she and it like our relationship was deteriorating too and so like <laughs> the we just didn't spend a lot of time together unless Overwatch was involved and it was just like <laughs> Overwatch uh, is the third in your relationship. Yeah, really. No, You're that is that by is Overwatch. that was like that was, you know, it, it was just it was it made me feel gross um and it was just like we probably dated for longer than we would have because she wanted <laughs> for, to watch somebody play overwatch and you know thank so you overwatch it was just like yeah it was... see this is why there are streamers so that now those people can just watch streaming yeah exactly like literally that's why it exists um, I, I will say to this girl's credit, um, she was the person who, I mean, I was already into lefty stuff, but I wasn't very online or into the mm-hmm. news media or anything. And she introduced me to the Bernie Sanders campaign in like late 2015 or early 2016. And the reason that I'm here on the show, I'm one of the reasons like that, that would have been a milestone in like my trajectory towards you know having a podcast about deep politics so it wasn't all bad but that that specific part of the relationship was miserable (laughs) man i I identify with that because like i dated some girl that made me watch some host club anime and i was just like Uh, this is this is not worth it that's everything that's bad with the medium this is like the worst thing that's out there (laughs) Yeah. That's everything about that medium, like personified to like the nth degree. Like it is. Oh God, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. It's Ugh. yeah. It was just. I've tried really hard. I can't get past like a couple video games, like Final Fantasy and Studio Ghibli, and that's about that's that's where I draw the line. She made me watch. She made me watch Totoro. I, I, it was another. It's just like oh, was, not for you. I was like scratching hey. my skin. I was like, "Fuck this! This is horrible." <laughs> and that's like not even the worst stuff, man. I know. If this if this was mind games, I would be asking a lot more questions. No, ask him. Come on, do it. Come on. No, 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 no. this is not going to come up again. You got to ask. No, I was just going to ask oh. you if this was, like you were like tied up. Was this like a sex thing? Did you have? To- <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna plead the fifth. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I refuse Maybe to incriminate myself in front of a large audience. That, you said all that I needed. <laughs> all right. Oh, God. So here, here's a question for you guys. <laughs> what is the best case scenario for video games? Like, as a medium, what it like? What are its strengths? Like, make it, like how can video games actually make society better? And I'll let you guys is that a go loaded first. Question. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you guys go first, and I'll sort of play off of what you guys say. Oh, I was just gonna say like something like uh, this war of mine, which is like I think taught. We talked about that mm-hmm. um, in Poland, I think. Like, 
something like that as like a study is uh in like an interesting concept at least i think unfortunately the way we're headed with all this like i don't even want to say the word but like like metaverse bullshit yeah like i feel like and just like the monetization with nft stuff of like every like thing that you can do within a video game uh i am afraid more than i am hopeful i don't know that's like a i don't that's not i'm not answering your question okay save it for the um, next question please okay yeah um uh but yeah i think as like an educational tool um it could there's there's benefits as far as uh, this war of mine is like an extreme example but i mean my kids like you know play with like an ipad and stuff as far as like edutainment stuff i think it's a good way to teach little kids the alphabet and mathematics Mm. and stuff (laughs) i think i think that um so i mean a couple things i think that um i mean the short answer is like you know free video games from like capital because that to me is like the root of the issue but more specifically um it's it's similar to hollywood we talked about this on an episode recently but when you have so much money and labor power being invested into the production of a product like by virtue of those investments it's going to inevitably become reactionary right um so i think that that moving towards smaller uh like smaller studios smaller producers um you know kind of like getting rid of the the stranglehold that a, like a handful of big publishers has on the industry would be a huge uh help i also think though that um for a lot of reasons, violence and video games are almost synonymous, right? And I think that if video games were to embrace... I'm not saying, like, don't ever make violent video games, but so much of what video gaming is is tied up with, like, violence and often like glorifying violence. And I think that there's a lot of potential in the medium to explore... You know, I mean, for one, empathy, right? Like, because of, like we were saying, the ways that you interact with the world and the the characters within it, um, you know, you can open up possibilities of experiencing things that you, or coming closer to experiencing things that you couldn't otherwise in your daily life, right? But in order to do that, like, you have to break the the correlation between, like, blockbuster video game and, like, shooting a gun um i think those are so in a best case scenario you know you have games that give you meaningful choices and allow you to explore you know ideals about morality or philosophy or or you know explore parts of history that is not you know directly tied with like you know shooting people or or cutting them with a sword or whatever yeah, I mean, look at the Soviet Union, the greatest nonviolent video game of all time, Tetris. Tetris. And yep. what do <laughs> and what go. did Japan and the US make but violent video games like Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, Mario taught me it's okay to jump on people's heads. Um, yeah. 
Exactly. So. That's appropriation of Italian Amer- uh, Italian <laughs> culture. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I'm not okay with it. <laughs> if I was going to say anything good about Assassin's Creed games, <laughs> like the past three, the past three that have come out, um, eventually came out with a free edition where you can uh, openly explore the world with these like long spoken or like you can read it or hear it like a guided like, tour uh, blurbs about like a guided tour of like actual historical locations hmm. which to me like that's like stuff when i was like a little kid i was like this is like the future of education is like you'll you know be able to see all the stuff they're talking about and like walk around and um i think that that is a really cool concept i think and and i think like mixing that with something like you were saying cj like mixing it with stuff that actually gives you valuable choice uh i think it'd be really cool i don't know about mixing i guess real history with that but you know what i mean um i think there's like a really hard place to get to with video games that they've been trying to for a long time with having games that give you choices that actually a like have any moral value and b are also like you know written in a way that's not uh, trashy. Yeah. So I think if we could get to a point where, like, both of those get to a certain level, it would like take it to a whole other place. Yeah, because like, for me, I mean, like, I, you know, I was bagging on the writing specifically for a lot of games, but like, for sure, kind of like with comic books, it's like there's nothing inherently wrong with the medium. I don't right. think it's just mm-hmm. written by fucking children basically yeah yeah. Uh, and four children yeah basically and like i think that there's almost been an unprecedented level of sophistication that's finally creeping into video games and we're talking like the a A list blockbuster stuff to like indie games right like it's probably not like groundbreaking news to anyone but like i i really liked disco elysium i thought the writing was actually mm-hmm. not bad <laughs> like it was pretty well <laughs> written i thought um lots and of that's a game examples. i i mm. haven't played it i it's i've been it's like pretty much at the top of my list next time i play a game for fun but from what i understand it's i mean it's it's not a non-violent game but it's not primarily combat driven right like it's you know you're i mean am i mistaken yeah it's primarily like like conversations like a conversation driven rpg basically right yeah Um, it feels like reading a book (laughs) yeah well and that's what i was gonna say like if you think about you know like great novels or great movies or whatever like it's not all I mean, there's plenty of examples of war novels and war movies or, or whatever, but it's not all that, you know? And there's there's yeah. a lot of stories to tell that don't need... Involve shooting and killing. Yeah. Or if they do, not the entire fucking time, right? Like, um, War and Peace right. is only war for, like, a third of the book, maybe. Less than that, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, shit, look at... I mean, even... I mean, Pynchon, right? Like... He, mm-hmm. it's not like his books they're not free of violence but they're not even gravity's rainbow doesn't have a ton of violence in it, and it's a war novel like it's set during wartime but the questions it's asking and the the you know ideas its characters like explore and give voice to are you know not solely about 
you know, actual bloodshed, right? It is weird when you think about like you kill more people in an average mission of Red Dead Redemption 2 than all the people who die in Blood Meridian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? right. Like right. there was one mission of that where you kill maybe it was the first Red Dead, but like or you know, the first reboot or whatever, but like I remember killing like 200 people and I was just like if this were the real the real life then this would have been one of the bloodiest battles in the history right. of the West. It's yeah. just like insane. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like and that's something that like when we went back and replayed um uh the first Modern Warfare and then we're going to do Black Ops as soon as Cade's feeling mm-hmm. better. Um it's like you remember the story beats of the games, right? But so much of the game is just like it's like a shooting gallery, and like yeah, if you pay attention to the number to the body count, it's hundreds on a given level, right? Like yeah. these like supposedly off the books operations, and it's like I don't know, yeah, it's it's just like the the priorities, the the scale is all off, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're like getting to a point in time where the like tools are more available uh mm-hmm. for small developers to do a lot with you know a little bit of money or resources which is i think key to making stuff that has more like artistic value and with something else to say than whatever uh, like a massive you know either a shooter or just like whatever is going to you know sell the most um unfortunately a lot of like if something becomes successful there's like a really high risk that microsoft will just buy you for the next <laughs> yeah. couple of years but uh but no i mean i think i think that we're getting to a point where just because technology obviously is like you know multiplies uh in y- yeah but now i to hop in here like i i think um with us getting up to the edge of or the limits of moore's law like hmm. I mean, we're getting pretty close to what you can do with traditional computing power. Um, you can only make, you know, processors so much smaller than they are now. I mean, they're already only a few atoms across. Like, you, you can't subdivide atoms. Um, so it's going to be, I, I think the industry is going to have to pivot more towards, like, oh, instead of this is a new shiny way of doing the same thing we've been doing for the last, you know, 10, 15 years, um, they're going to have to uh, branch out into more interesting, more thought-provoking um, uh, storylines or or narratives. And additionally, I don't see how the industry gets better mm-hmm. without some kind of trust-busting going on. I mean, we just saw the acquisition of uh, Blizzard and Activision by Microsoft. And it's like, where do you go from there? Well, like, think about it, too. Because it's like, it's bad for gamers because no one likes microtransactions. No one likes the fact that, like, there hasn't been a GTA or a new, you know, Elder Scrolls for what? How many years? Mm -hmm. Like, what are we approaching? 10 years or something? Like, I think it's been 10 mm -hmm. since Skyrim came out. Like, this gamers are not being well served. No. Yeah, and Elder Scrolls Online doesn't count. Yeah. And I think it's a combination of, like, I mean, I think it's a byproduct of the fact that 
the major developers are a mistreating their employees and b just you know serve serving up whatever is going to make i mean the 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 next uh, to use again assassin's creed but like ubisoft i know that the next uh assassin's creed thing and i'd forget what other franchise but it's the plan is to just be like a game as service basically just to sell i mean like a destiny model or whatever but to sell as much I mean, the, the the end goal of all those things is to sell as many microtransactions as possible. Yeah. Rather than coming up with anything that's like new or interesting storylines or content for you to consume, it's just like, what can we make? What what's the bare minimum we can do to make people buy the next most interesting thing? Mm-hmm. Wasn't The Witcher three or like the studio that made it? Didn't they get a lot of like government subsidies from like the Polish government or something? Like they did, yeah. yeah. Isn't it not to be too much like <laughs> touting social democracy per se, but like that's like <laughs> good and bad when you <laughs> like basically you need to be government subsidized to make a good product. Like, well, that's kind of like every other industry, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Well, and even then they. They still had crunch and with with uh, cyberpunk and still came out with a game that didn't work. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They were like one of the highest val before cyberpunk. They were like one of the like the ratio between their the valuation of their company versus the amount of people who worked there was like off the charts. Yeah, and that, then they got sued, I think, by their own government. Or by their own board <laughs> because of because cyberpunk was so bad. <laughs> yeah. I do think I think that like I mean that's a we've kind of been talking around it, but I think moving games away from like an online interactive space. Like I'm I mean maybe I'm a bit of a luddite here, but like I don't oh, think yeah. that video games. Yeah, I don't think that video games will ever be a uh i don't think they're capable of being an adequate replacement for like social interactions like i don't think that i mean maybe they'll become maybe through the sheer force of will of like silicon valley that will become the world we live in with the metaverse and shit but i don't think that that's ever going to be good or healthy no because imagine twitter but with guns (laughs) huh huh (laughs) okay I I God. frequently on Twitter yeah. wish I had a gun, so maybe. I think there's going to be like a major movement to, to, towards that. Uh, and then I also think that to some degree, uh, for for some amount of time, I think there's going to be a peak at which like games of games as service become unpopular because they're just. If, if if all anybody's doing is like a battle royale or like a game of service or both like a Fortnite, where it's just like endless the same thing but with new skins and that's all it is which is basically what they're all trying to yeah. do in different like small like different iterations of the same thing i think we're gonna get to a point where that's gonna like not be popular anymore so we'll have some sort of creative resurgence like the way i hope break. that comes along with like some sort of reconciliation of like those companies i I don't know if any of them are ever going to unionize but like you know not being horrible places to work anymore (laughs) yeah i 
I just I I agree. I hope that this is a uh, a bubble, right? But I don't. Right. I I just don't think. I think like if you look at the trajectory of gaming, right? Like as soon as online gaming became viable, it it has slowly acquired a larger and larger market share, and. Y- as a result of that, you've seen things like couch co-op or split screen fall by the wayside, right? Like that's not a feature yeah. that game mm-hmm. developers, yeah, which is freaking bullshit. It's yeah, it's fucked yeah, up. It's the, like the worst thing about video games. And like, <laughs> I, and but the, I mean, from a business model, it makes sense because then you have to sell more copies, sell twice as many consoles, twice as many copies, twice as many DLCs. Like, right? And I, that's what it comes down to: is you have to remove that. The profit uh, mode drive to just increase, yeah, exactly. Right. Well, and I think I think that I think that every major, like I think every mm-hmm. major studio and like uh, IP is going to go that way. I just think that as far as like indie game type space, like the amount of the market share they have now or whatever, will because of the tools that are becoming more available. I think that more story-driven and interesting stuff will be coming out mm-hmm. on a smaller level. But, uh, yeah, I don't think, like, any of the, like, you know, selling as much stuff on the internet as possible in video games yeah. is going to go away either. But then you have to ask yourself, like, whether or not the studios are going to start um, really limiting um, access to the hardware. use these different yeah. engines. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, just look at the acquisition of uh, Bethesda by Microsoft and how now that's all going to be either PC or uh, Xbox exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think historically, though, at least like Unity and Unreal and stuff have been, I mean, you have to pay for mm. Unreal, but there's stuff that's at least accessible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, nobody wants Bethesda's engines anyways. <laughs> Imagine like... The future of video games is a digital boot on a real face forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. It, and, like, that sucks, you know? I think, I like, I mean, like, there's there's a, a communal, like, component to all art, right? Like, you go to the movie theaters, you're, like, that, that, like, the best experience of watching a movie, or one of the best is being in a crowded theater full of people who are really excited about the same movie that mm-hmm. you're watching, right? But a lot a lot of, like, I think people's fondest relationships with art is it starts as a personal thing, right? Like, it starts with you reading a book by yourself or watching a, a movie or show by yourself or with a, one friend or your partner or whatever, and then taking it to a, a, a group of people and yeah. discussing it, right? And bonding over that experience as opposed to the experience itself being the where the bonding happens. And I think that video games, like, though they have meaningful and distinct differences from other mediums, like, I, I think that if you want to have the same quality of, you know, experience and the same, you know, long-term impact on a person, like, on an emotional or intellectual or whatever level, like it has to be the same thing. I don't think that, that the, the online permanent shit is ever going to be, um, it's just not going to ever allow them to be what novels or yeah, film or whatever. Like is. one of the best experiences I ever had with a video game 
on a different level was like I had a buddy who would shout out to that guy. Uh, he had this like really high end VR <laughs> like headset thing, and he basically had whatever I don't I don't even think it's technically a game. He had like a really really high resolution Google Maps, like where you could basically like oh, and so you could sort of like float around different parts of the world so you could just like yeah yeah go to like madrid or go to like you know brazil and just like go to see a major city or like any part of the world mount everest and you could just like fly around it and look at it and it was like almost like a spiritual experience just like seeing different parts of the world that i felt like seeing and like that was one of the coolest things i ever did actually but like Instead, we get a bunch of, like, Marvel bullshit video games, right? Like, that's what they're trying to sell. Exactly. You got to keep that guy's contact information away from me because I will waste <laughs> the rest of my life doing that. On Like, on an average week, I'll, I'll spend, like, 30 minutes on Google Earth just because. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. I, f- I feel like much more people... Outside of the people who are like literally making money on Twitch, etc., on games like Fortnite and stuff like that, I feel like there's like an overestimation of like the longevity of something where you just like constantly have to buy new things, or that's like the the fun part about it, I guess. Um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like more people feel like they are like forced to be buying extra content and mi- doing whatever microtransaction stuff than they are like uh feeling like it's it makes the game more fun <laughs> if that makes any sense mm-hmm. yeah now let me ask you guys this so we were talking about best case scenarios so in your darkest most paranoid your most noited dark fears wh- where is where are video games taking us? Where, like, what's the worst case scenario? Uh, straight to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: is that like between Elon Musk, who's going to literally start putting chips in people's heads, like within the next year, and Gabe Newell, the owner of of Steam, Valve, all that, wanting to like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> profit off of people's brain waves and emotions via uh like headsets and uh, through video game playing uh i know nowhere good <laughs> we're, we're going downhill i feel like plus all this metaverse shit <laughs> mm-hmm. plus all this blockchain shit i think the metaverse is like pretty close to a worst case scenario because you have so many different uh like social ills like being given that the the metaverse either can like assuage or kind of like massage people into compliance with like so i think for one you have like a fucking ridiculous real estate bubble right now and so what are people doing they're buying digital real estate that's going to be secured by blockchain or whatever. And it's just another way to essentially launder money or to like, and whether you're actually money laundering or you're just like creating value out of nothing, you're doing like the sorcery that is like financialized capital. 
if you're not doing money laundering, you're unintentionally helping someone else do money laundering. <laughs> and you're just the sucker. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> exactly. Right, right, right. Exactly. We're a few steps from like like the real life version of like cyberpunk mixed with what is that bad movie with all the Warner Brothers stuff in it? Oh, Ready Player One. It's like but really that's like what that's that's what we're headed towards except like way grosser cuz people are going to be shitting all over the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I haven't read mm-hmm. the book. I don't know. <laughs> But you well, they also leave out the surveillance capital uh, aspect of uh, yep. of that movie. Yeah, well, I mean, yep. and that's that's a huge. I mean, talk about um, you know nerd. B- <laughs> talk about bad shit, right? Like, I mean, the internet and and social media have always been tied to the surveillance state, right? Like, I mean, from DARPA on, like that's that is uh, literally it's one of its like stated purposes from the get. So that's present in the metaverse, right? Like all that stuff on if it's happening on a blockchain or even on like some kind of network, like other people can monitor and can track it. And then also, I mean, I don't want to get too into like, I try to avoid talking about COVID because it brings out the real <laughs> freaks, but um, <laughs> sorry if you're one of those people, I love you, but I just, Anyways, um, but like, you know, if the COVID restriction stuff is here to stay, right, as people have, you know, hypothesized, you know, see TSA after 9-11, that never went away. Like, if, if mm-hmm. this kind of thing is going to become the norm for people who don't want to, you know, comply or people who, for whatever reason that becomes relevant a year, five years or 10 years from now, like... The metaverse is a way for people to simulate having social experiences without actually having social experiences, which gives makes a more like compliant populace. Yeah, I, I think the fear is that to engage in society or to engage in just like the economy or anything in the future, like being forced into like being a part of the metaverse is like a real nightmare <laughs> and i think it's like a real realistic possibility yeah of course yeah mm-hmm. well you guys remember all those google glasses that people were trying to do and you remember how like they kept getting smacked off of people's heads and stuff so yeah. i don't know <laughs> i'm not trying to like organize this but it would be really great if everyone who tried to put a chip in their head like with Elon Musk's company just got like the shit beat out of them. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Just just walk around like with an electromagnet and just like hold the yeah. electromagnet to their head. <laughs> they might have a seizure, but like they brought it on themselves. It's oh, better for them. <laughs> okay, just thought about this. How it Yeah. <laughs> how is this how is that even a possibility because I mean, if you think about how frequently MRI imaging is is used um, for a number of ailments. I mean, let's say you get your bell rung pretty good and you need to get a scan to make sure you're not like, you know, <laughs> internally hemorrhaging or something like that. Or you have a, if you're having a stroke or something like that, 
that's kind of one of the only ways to get those types of images. And if you have some type of metallic device inside your noggin, as soon as you turn on the electromagnet, it's going <laughs> to immediately start <laughs> scrambling your innards. I'm sure. Th- yeah. They'll figure it out, Alex. Listen, if there's one thing Elon Musk has figured out, it's to get all the problems fixed before he, you know, sends it into the public. <laughs> A couple that, of casualties. Oh, yeah. yeah. No yeah. big deal. Um, another, I mean, one thing that's like... <laughs> <laughs> um, I think another thing, like, I am afraid of video games becoming like a f- type of infrastructure as opposed to art right like like and that's one thing with the metaverse that well i think that's it's like how can video games like i feel like with moving towards the metaverse the whole idea is like what how can you make the most money possible as far as like how do people engage with this as far as like how do their brains interact with this new software and it goes further and further and deeper and deeper and deeper and i don't think it's like any of that is going to stop until some sort of cataclysmic event happens <laughs> some people die yeah i mean as long as long as you have you know people trying to make money off of it i mean i was i was thinking like just thinking about the metaverse right like if you really take it seriously that that stupid fucking facebook unveiling video that dropped like whatever a couple months ago like if you if you want to go to one of those like digital concerts or you want to show up you know if if you're in your apartment and then you want to be digitally at a concert and have people see you like you would need cameras that are like calibrated correctly in your apartment that can capture your image and then display it to your friend who's wearing the glasses, right? Like, unless I'm, unless I'm misunderstanding technology, right? Like you'd have to be rendered somehow. Right. And like, am I, Cade, you made it. I mean, if I'm wrong, tell me to shut up. Cause this is, well, no, I just am thinking that like, you can all, you could also just like, as I don't know, there's like stuff like the, PlayStation VR is coming out as just like a cord that hooks up to a headset and a controller, but there's no cameras in the room. But like you could just pick an avatar, and it, I'm sure they can program it to do what they want it to. But yeah, I mean, they're going to be watching you regardless, but I don't know that you necessarily have to have a bunch of cameras in your room or not. Yeah, but I think we are headed towards the bunch of cameras in our house future, right? Yeah, with the wiretaps already, and, and even taking. Well, the other I, thing, I mean, though, I think. Yeah, well, Florida right now is trying to pass a bill that requires um, cameras being mm. in classrooms, oh, which is great. fucking horrifying. And they're doing that as like a, a bullying prevention CRT. Oh, right, and and it's even like taking the surveillance away from it. Like all of that is going to require like a ton of you know literal like uh like technical work right whether it's contractors installing shit for you you know like the same way you call the cable guy to run an ethernet cable to a room in your house like you call the metaverse company or whatever to come and install new cameras right or um you know you're starting to add them to televisions that's a new part of the the um production process like i, I don't know i like that right 
once you start doing that and you're investing in it, I don't see it stopping, right? People aren't going to take that kind of loss on on in developing infrastructure. That really that worries me. Well, well, I mean, think of it from an environmental perspective as well, because oh yeah, all these additional technologies are going to require even more yeah. extraction than we're already doing, and co- require even more power more than we're already consuming. Yep. Um, it, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and especially in a time where it's like we need to look long and hard in the mirror and realize that we cannot do this like, you know, same day or next day shipping on whatever Amazon product that you're consuming at the time. Like that this instantaneous lifestyle is not something that is sustainable. And the idea of adding to that is, I think though, to some extent, like the technology itself will regardless of like I think it that will adapt to you know uh, environmental concerns sooner than like just with the way things are going with like uh, stuff that Apple and AMD are making where they're making stuff more and more efficient and they're also making like a bunch of stuff illegal in California and other parts of the world related to like uh, cryptocurrency mining but anyways I think because all that stuff is being flagged right now I, I'm just not worried about technology companies figuring out a way to create the technology that allows all this to still happen I I, I do want to say so the other day in Jimmy in our group chat we were talking about have you ever seen exploding um, targets it's like consumer explosives you can go online right now and buy two pounds of this stuff oh yeah Tannerite. Yeah, Tannerite. So it's like little bottles oh, yeah, and you shoot you shoot like if you shoot it with a gun, it's like a like a uh, a target for a gun, it explodes, <laughs> right? So right. So twelve pounds at a time. I I would just like I wanna put in like very strong terms, do not That's it. We're renaming the Mind Games podcast to be the Freedom Club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> James Cameron, if you're listening, do not take your submarine down to the bottom of the ocean where all of the fiber optic <laughs> cables are, and do not, <laughs> please. Uh, but li- literally, this shit. Please oh. cut all of this shit. But um. But I, I I think ultimately, like everybody is so acclimated already to like Alexa and voice assistants and it built into everything. I don't think that like cameras and more interactivity by way of video game type stuff is far at all. That would be my, my worst. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would just say like apart from microchips in the brain and all that shit, like VR, I think will eventually stop being a gimmick and it'll be more incorporated into video games in a real way. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that's when we probably start entering the nightmare world of people actually being brainwashed by video games mm-hmm. like like weird yeah. strobes <laughs> and like all kinds of like subliminal stuff that is theoretically <laughs> you know possible well even i mean even like virtual reality like pornos and shit like that like talk about just completely <laughs> no i mean like talk about completely destroying your ability now we talking the whole thing with that too is like (laughs) the idea of combining something like that or a video game or something that releases 
dopamine or whatever with some sort of technology that's reading everything that is come the feedback from your actual brain it's like we, we're gonna just like write out you completely changing my relationship with my vacuum cleaner when that comes up <laughs> a list of stuff that you can do to make somebody you know right a mass murderer <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're you're five steps away i mean worst case scenario yeah yeah I, you know that's my mind games mouth <laughs> yeah or just a zombie i mean mm-hmm. yeah for yeah that's probably the yeah. Yeah, that's, like, just complete pacification is probably the most likely scenario. And then the outliers of, like, mass shootings or some shit, you know? I don't have a lot of optimism. And if if I had my way, like, I don't, video games wouldn't exist. Like, I would, I would sooner just be like, let's just bag it as, like, a, say we're not going to do it anymore, than keep playing it out and hope it gets better. Because I don't see that in the cards. Yeah, I mean, I think society would have to get better for video games to get better. And since I'm not very optimistic on that front, I'm not very optimistic about video games getting mm-hmm. uh, healthier. Yeah. Well, it's only increasing the alienation. That's like, I mean, post-COVID, everyone, not everyone, a lot of people are working from home. Mm-hmm. Life has transitioned so much more to this online situation. And it's like... I don't know. I don't know if it's just being two years into COVID or um, doing the podcast and having to play video games in a pretty rapid turnaround. Um, two years into COVID and everything being or everything transitioning to the more online situation. And it's like, do we need more alienation? Like, I mean, we've we're already experiencing like massive amounts of individuals on like antidepressants and other types of uh, uh, psychological uh, medications to deal with this situation. It's, this is not a Tom Cruise rant here, just to clarify, like I'm all pro, like, you know, if you want to talk to somebody, talk to somebody, if you need some medicine for it, good on you. But like, should we be pushing our society further into this like highly isolated situation even more? Like I, the future just looks fucking bleak. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, you also have this kind of a little bit of a, what's it called? A little, Tangent. little detour here. Yeah. Um, back to Elon uh, <laughs> and his stupid fucking space-based internet shit <laughs> yeah. where he's like tripling or quadrupling the number of satellites that are uh, floating above us. And, making it so that the, the likelihood of this turning into some kind of like snowballing, like one satellite hits another, hits another, there's a name for it. I can't remember the name of the syndrome, but where it can essentially devastate our uh, was it, uh, low earth orbits region where we have the majority of our satellites and completely throwing us back uh, in terms of uh, communication on earth and data transferring. So what you're saying is he might be the unintentional savior of humanity? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's it's real weird. Oh man, they were right about him, but for the wrong reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Either that, maybe maybe a nice EMP. Um, <laughs> look, look, looking at you, Vlad. Um, yeah, just something, because it, yeah. This path don't look good. 
Amish twenty twenty three. That's what we're. Hell yeah! Honestly, we're churning butter next year. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on my Pennsylvania Dutch. I Jimmy, I had a question for all. I had an interview question mm-hmm. for all of us. Go for it. Mm. Um. Oh dear. <laughs> oh boy. Um. I'm gonna need to go into hiding after this. So, what do you all think is the like? In what ways do you think that the organs of the deep state are involved with the production of video games, right? Like a lot of it is mm. occluded. A lot of it is not information that we have. It's like guesswork or just looking at like, you know, we talked about in episode two, like the revolving door between Call of Duty developer to, yeah, to the Department of Defense and back and whatever. Like what is y'all's, you know, if you had to guess, what does that relationship look like? Either like through ideology or financing or, or both. Jimmy, you want to take the lead on this one? Sure. And perhaps uh, I think that I had some of this planned out for when I was going to come on uh, your guys' show, but I did actually. Ooh, a teaser. A teaser. That's right. So there is this one. I Maybe I'll wait to say the name of it, but. There's this one institute that I was reading about in relation to, um, in a roundabout way, in a relation to the video game we're going to talk about. And this institute uh, is explicitly, like, not, it's not hidden. It's a CIA DARPA army collaboration <clears throat> that is designed to make military hardware, virtual reality hardware, and to run war simulations. Love it. And they also part. They also partnered directly with Disney Imagineering. Ooh. <laughs> There's that through line. I need like oh, I need like God. some benzodiazepines or something right now. <laughs> well, funny you should say that. <laughs> um, they specifically have this. I mean, well, I'll, we'll probably talk about it more on that episode. But like, they have among many other projects they have this really fucked up thing where they basically work with the Office of Naval Intelligence, which, you know, I, yeah. I love that shit, right? <laughs> and they take veterans, combat veterans, and they hook them up to virtual reality headsets, right? Uh-huh. And then they, they replay the war crimes that they participated in. Uh-huh. <laughs> And they say that they do that to help treat them. But for the life of me, that just sounds like more trauma. That's like that thing in like horror movies where they show people like a bunch of horrible mm-hmm. shit over and over again. Isn't that what they do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's like, like literally yeah. like, yeah. yeah, or the parallax view or something. And I'm just yeah. like, this sounds like yeah. they're brainwashing people. Yes. <laughs> and it's like... It, this sounds like the PTSD simulator that I've I've been seeking for years on Lively. <laughs> and so, like, when you guys talk about, like, Spec Ops The Line or Black Ops video game, or what's what's the one where they shoot up an airport? Modern Warfare 2. Oh, MW2. Right. And I know you guys are going to get to that, but, like, when I think about all these games, I'm just like, they're... I, I, it's mostly speculation, but, like... I just am certain that the bleakest possible interpretation of 
the deep state being involved with these video games is the right answer where it's like basically probably behavioral conditioning to get people into the mind and like into the frame of mind where they will do war crimes basically. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. we know, we know you've probably heard of that where like in every war, the Pentagon was charting like what percentage of soldiers will actually fire on a human the first time they're in combat. And like yep. and aim and actually try to hit them, right? I think you guys have mentioned it, I think. And in every war, I think they're getting better at basically conditioning them to be killers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially as the forms of war morph to where the U.S. is engaged in the types of combat where you just kick in a door and shoot people who are like sleeping. Right. It's not like a not a battlefield. We're we're not exactly fighting like the civil war, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. like so. More and more, they need probably technically fewer soldiers, but a lot of support, and then basically they need a bunch of killers. Yep. And like, so like these games are basically getting people to at least like have sympathy for what are basically like serial killers in like uniforms right Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. that's just like basically i think the worst most uncharitable interpretation of what these guys are up to is probably the accurate one that's just a guess on my part alex k do you guys have anything to add before i i feel dead inside now jesus (laughs) well i would just say like that who knows i mean as far as just what i was talking about earlier as far as like all the you know basically mind reading technology type stuff that they're trying to i mean in so many words that they're trying to come up with uh or at least that's what i know gabe newell has like preached is like the future of what he wants to do with the video games like who knows what military technology is already out there that's exploiting that sort of thing because i'm sure if that does exist they'll be exploiting it and using it long before it's like commercially commercially mm-hmm. available so who knows that's all I have to add to it. <laughs> Sounds scary as shit. I want Jimmy, when you were like listing <laughs> all of the different things, it was like we didn't start the fire, but everything that I hate <laughs> in this world, like back to back to yeah. back. <laughs> um I I think I think I think too, like you know, there's a a for a long time there was like a gap between military technology and consumer technology right like obviously there were overlaps but there there are like two discrete markets to to a pretty large degree and i think that like the classic example of like um you know piloting drones with xbox controllers Mm -hmm. or whatever is just another way that you're you're blurring the line for people who are maybe already inclined or maybe they were made inclined because they played a ton of games as a kid or whatever however it worked out but like that the transition from civilian to you know murderer in an imperial army is seamless right like vi- like video games are like the oil mm-hmm. in the pan right that just kind of that that allow it to not be like a like trying 
as trying as stressful as you know it just is like oh right well you know i've i've played games before where i had to use the right trigger to you know fire my digital weapon and now i'm just firing the Mm -hmm. real weapon right but and you know it just kind of lubricates that whole transition but when i think outside of just like either like psyops stuff or like influence on the whole of people like i think that video games drive certain mm-hmm. parts of technology and it's even getting into like uh with the vr stuff and especially like ar stuff like augmented reality and like geographical location mapping stuff um i think that like because it's an industry literally based only in technology and it's kind of you know seeping more and more into the real world it's something that's like side by side with like necessary military technology to make them more more useful mm-hmm. or, or more able to you know mm-hmm. kill people well it also puts some distance between the individual that's pulling the trigger right. and the, and those that are mm-hmm. on the receiving end. right right and i like i have a friend who was in the army who learned a bunch of geographic location tech stuff and that is what enabled him to get a job for niantic doing that stuff for pokemon go <laughs> which is a fucking cia freaking thing man is it really oh yeah niantic is like for sure like cia funded yeah and then think about it the game is basically a huge experiment in making people go to certain places and take pictures with their tracking devices Oh, great. Well, that's the other thing, too. Yeah, with, like, all the AR stuff that we haven't got into is, like, the interaction, I feel like, with the world around... Yeah, but anyways. I wasn't even thinking about that aspect of it, and now my brain is just, like, leaking out of my ears. Holy shit. And I I think just to part of to answer the question, like, one of the only things that, like, I think without speculating much is all, like, the... Um, licensing as far as weaponry goes is obviously there's a direct line between video games and paying those people. I mean, that that's something that you don't mm-hmm. have to, I feel like, do any research to see if they're using the name, like the literal name of a gun or like an anti-aircraft mechanism that they're paying mm-hmm. somebody for that. <clears throat> yep. I feel like, I feel like we're going to get a politician in like running for president in 2028 that's going to be like, uh, Let's Pokemon go to Syria and shoot up a marketplace. To Afghanistan, yeah, right. <laughs> cursed. <laughs> Fucking cursed. No, there's just like a like that stupid digital hot dog dancing above a dead body. And that's the AR. <laughs> just Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> Press F to pay respects yeah. to the guy you just canoed. And you're just doing, like, fuck it. <laughs> oh, yeah, they bring back, like, every meme from, like, 2008. That's, like, when, since we don't really have any, you know, like, no. this is really dark, but since we don't really have any, like, specific things we have to do when we, like, accidentally <laughs> kill people, like, we'll just have a digital, like, receipt for all the, the Fs that the guy in the, the controlling the drone hit after he accidentally bombed the hospital your son is in. We're really sorry. Um, it's Oof. like it's like in your in your um in your 
your heads up display or whatever <laughs> like you know on twitch when like you get a new subscriber and it flashes like whatever image you program it like if you you know uh say like say like yeah you bomb an elementary <laughs> school it like the willy wonka meme comes <laughs> up of him like looking and being like there and there's some like snarky comment about like how you didn't did you really have to do that how about this how about this twitch streamers but like their troops and you just see them going on missions <laughs> oh man mm-hmm. yeah uh, but they're like flying drones. <laughs> oh we're not far <laughs> it's coming oh god we'll just be dead now you can monetize war crimes or get yeah it'll be like a direct <laughs> giving, like a more so fucking, than just by uh yeah dabbing on them. every branch of the I, military I, yeah. will have their own twitch stream Krupp. Uh, this is why NASCAR is ahead of its time because they had an all digital NASCAR league for like a year, didn't they? After COVID hit, they also they also you know made a virtual uh, oh, hit money know, with uh, Dale Earnhardt dying. You know they were profiting off of that pretty what, early on. CJ, was that a blood ritual? Um, yes, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he, he was, you know, he was struggling to take the right hand path, but they made him <laughs> go left and die in the process. See, that's why he, yeah, no, that's so good. That's really funny. <laughs> we really know how to get off the rails here. So did he. <laughs> hey! There it is. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to. I don't think we're gonna top that. Um, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I would just, I would recommend my listeners check out Mind Games. It's really fun. Honestly, some of the, like a lot of the games, probably most of them that you guys have done, I didn't play. So like, it was actually cool to hear. Like, I didn't even know what Outlast was about. Was oh. it? Is it Outlast? <laughs> yeah, yes. Outlast. Yeah. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even know some of these games. So like, it is pretty fun to hear. Right about on. Them. You're you're in good company because I haven't played a lot of these either. <laughs> <laughs> we you guys should just are... be like Zizek and just like not play them and just review them anyway. <laughs> oh hell yeah, that's what Alex does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do we are, we do have plans to uh, not only do, we've done so far a lot of first person shooters because they're just really ripe texts oftentimes, but. There is like yeah. there's a J there's a JFK assassination simulator we're gonna do. Um, Hell's yeah! You know we've talked about doing um, some like real time strategy game mm-hmm. or several. Um, and trying to just get but, into like like if it's a huge game like Fallout, trying to just like focus. We could just do like a major side quest kind of thing or like a DLC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there's, there's anything, that there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, because if, uh, if there's these... endless possibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if, if these guys try what? to make me play Metal Gear Solid cover to cover, you are never getting that episode. <laughs> it's not happening. I'm sorry. Um, no, a lot of my listeners were really excited when I started Metal Gear, like the first one, and like I feel bad, but like I just didn't have the time. I just couldn't keep playing it. That's so, the like, game we've been. I feel like once you get most. to like the third one of those games, the story is completely impenetrable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's and like that's that's like an interesting thing that um, maybe we can talk about briefly before we wrap it up. But like, 
mm-hmm. we we've get we've gotten asked to play a lot of games and that have these like surface level deep political themes or implications or whatever but it's really wild how many games will just like use it as window dressing without trying to say anything about it which just like, like kind of puddle deep yeah. exactly right like we we Very had that shallow. we had an episode about splinter cell conviction um which is like a fine third person action game but the whole premise like the entire game is like you know a you know Sam slightly Fisher's altered pissed. version of some well yeah that but like <laughs> each each level is like some slightly altered version of a historical like deep event right like it's literally mm-hmm. like you know whether it's like an assassinating the president or like some kind of domestic op or you know the gulf war whatever the whatever it is but like the game has nothing to say about any of this shit and so like it makes it really hard to talk about on mind games yeah we because... didn't post that i don't think because it's like 20 minutes of content and the rest is just us making fun of the game Right, like there's there's just not really anything to like. You try to like take that seriously, but at the Which same is, time, it's ten minutes less than the normal amount of content that we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, not wrong. At the same time, though, with like we were talking about like the dissociation and stuff, like I feel like that's almost worse because you just kind of your brain just turns off and you're like playing the stealth game or the shooter or whatever, and you're just like being given just the 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 color of deep events as like the 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 tint or the shade of your experience right it's mm-hmm. real real and there's like know. when when i feel like when there's not something being said explicitly which I, like most video games if they get into any of this stuff that's how it is it's like much harder to uh, analyze it from a way like because I, I don't know and and just like you wind up devolving into like Bioshock infinite territory where if it's like dumb enough <laughs> and like has enough bad elements it's just like this is this is horrible and it's just another thing that like people can manipulate for their own uh, devices I feel like but it, there's only so many episodes like that that we can do where it's like not there's nothing to actually say except that it's shallow and bad yeah 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 cj was that a question or was that a oh no i was just ranting a a little bit no i was just ranting a little bit he's just blabbing (laughs) yeah well i had a bunch of coffee (laughs) (laughs) like i mean maybe i would cut this or i mean i don't know like for me though personally like i get a lot of requests for topics right but like Mm. i sort of have to like reverse engineer and i have to like almost like decide what i want to talk about first and then almost like find a topic that fits it sometimes yeah and i feel like that would be like all the more true for you guys where it's like Mm -hmm. okay you want to talk about this topic what's the video game for that rather than like what is the bullshit stupid thing that they shoehorned in to say is like i feel like we're gonna get into territory soon just because we're like running out of like the big ones that will kind of be either covering multiple games or like a whole series or yeah, stuff that's like different parts of games that are only covering a certain topic that we want to talk about so that we actually have enough to discuss something for that long. But 
It would also require more games mm. and more research, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. We are bad at both. Yeah. Um, it is crazy. Yeah, I mean, if we're cutting this, it is interesting. Like, I'm sure you get this more than we do, Jimmy, but, like, people who are, like, DMing you and being like, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this, and it's like... You, you guys might genuinely get that more than me, though, because like, because of the premise of your show, you know, with mm-hmm. me, nobody knows what I'm going to be talking about half the time. True. Wild card, true. But like, everyone's played video games, so you yeah. guys probably do favorites. get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's it, in some way, I'm sure it's the same as any like like movie or whatever podcast because everybody has an experience with a video game so everybody wants mm-hmm. to hear about the thing that they know about yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean like i it's not like i would give you guys advice but that would be my, my approach would be like what do i want to talk about okay yeah. what video game matches that right, right. like mm-hmm. yeah, rather than the good... other way around yeah, because that I feel is... like we're close to running out of just, like, specific... Especially, like, even if there is a standalone game that we want to talk about, it's going to be repeating stuff we've said about a different game. Yeah, that's the that's right. tricky part. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you cover different topics and not just rehash the same shit over and over again? It's like, yeah, we get it. Military-industrial military complex, bad. <laughs> like, yeah. ca- capital yeah. and video games, bad. Like, rapey bro culture, bad. I have definitely been experimenting with finding new ways of saying like oh big business is at it again (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean honestly the least painful way or at least the thing that i did was like figuring out what is the most interesting thing for you and not forcing yourself to research stuff you don't actually care about and it's just like if you're really interested in hardware and you're really interested in like this angle or that, then just like run with that. And then don't like make yourself look into bullshit. Yeah. Politics. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I also think too, though, and like, I'm hopeful that as we like do eventually run out of like really good games that are like, you know, primo content, that people will be willing to kind of travel with us into, you know, we've talked about doing movies. We've talked about mm-hmm. doing um, TV shows. We've talked about even doing music, right? Cause all of us are, you know, we've been in bands together and shit. And like, that's a big part of all of our lives. Like, mm-hmm. and hopefully that people will, you know, whether it's because it's, there's a weird parasocial relationship element or they just, you know, under like our our an understanding audience that they'll be able to go with us and be like okay cool you know they're branching out and that's not you know well i think to a certain extent if people do like our show they would have to like a that half of the show is just like us bullshitting yeah and b like when we are talking about stuff that like the actual meat of the episode is also kind of all over the place and we talk about other things all the time when we're talking about that specific content so i think like it would be a natural it wouldn't be hard for yeah. us to like talk about anything else in the same way that is something we're interested in especially if it's in a negative mm-hmm. context we can talk shit about stuff all day no oh problem. yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean it's it's a good premise like that just your guys's show in general so like you should just 
run with it and just it's it's cool man thank you thanks we appreciate that yeah it's uh I, I I really like the way that you you do your show. It's you have it. It's very well thought out, and I feel like at times like we're kind of grasping for for straws because we're doing it on the spot with a lot of the shit. Other than having you know like half a page of notes at a time and like a rough understanding is like shit. How do we how do we get to the close? Yeah, Jimmy. How I mean, long I is think... your word document right now? Oh, my super file. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. Well, I had to start a new one because it kept crashing. <laughs> oh my god. So like I have ate all the RAM? two super files. So let me see. Um the first one. Honestly, it would be like a gigantic book basically. So it's still loading. <laughs> okay, so the the new one is 115 pages. And Holy then fuck the big one, because I fully script out everything that's yeah. not an interview. Wait, hold on, hold on. Um, that's the little one. <laughs> that's yeah. the little one. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, single space, yeah, we double do space. Our, we do not have our shit together. 400, 471 pages. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I think Gra- that's like... like the- granted, that's... I think I have, like, the intro, which is, like, you know... The intro and the extra for like each episode that's like almost a page so like subtract maybe like a hundred pages maybe but still i think you have like a really maybe a hundred pages weird sweet spot where like you're one of the only people i can listen to a podcast that is just one person because i feel like even with like two people a lot of the time it just gets boring or not not interesting but that's probably the only way you could go about it is if you have everything prepared in advance which we would never <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's the thing because like it's really nice to be in complete control but then yeah. the flip side is like i have to run the show i can't ever stop i have to script it because i can't just think on my feet like yeah mm-hmm. there's yeah. pros and cons to both approaches now when you're figuring out like length of an episode like how, how how do you make that determination? Because like we're we've been bouncing around a little bit. We're hitting anywhere between like forty five minutes to an hour and a half, and it's mm-hmm. like closer to the hour and a half. It's like ew, I feel like we're getting a little repetitive or we're losing something. Or yeah, I mean, I guess because of the way mine is like scripted, I kind of know that if I write about nine pages, that that translates to about forty five minutes. Okay, somewhere in there. So like that, I don't know if that makes sense for you guys. Cause it's so much of like just conversation. Yeah. But, yeah. As our episodes have gotten a little longer, have you felt like it is too, they're too long or do you think that they're mm, okay? No, I think it's probably fine. Like I don't listen to them. Because so I don't know what <laughs> with the first ones I did almost feel like I wanted more. And then with the later ones, I haven't felt like... It's like, shut the fuck up. No, it was like, (laughs) usually like, okay, that was about the length it needed to be, right? So like... Okay, cool. No, that was good. Okay. Because I listened to the Bioshock ones today. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right Um, on, man. I think if we can like keep it to where we are... 
Like we can, if we can start the actual episode within the first ten minutes, and then we can <laughs> like get off the like get off the rails during the episode, but not to any point where one of us can like rein it back in. Like right. with, I don't know, we're we're getting better at it. I feel like, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's di- it's obviously just a different. We're just kind of you know. Yeah, just having conversation. Yeah, but, like, it is cool because, like, with the Bioshock stuff, I didn't play either of those games, and I only vaguely nice. knew about the, like, uh, what was it, the objectivist, like, mm-hmm. bullshit mixed yeah. in. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it was pretty cool to hear someone that, like, I halfway know where you guys' perspective is and just, like, know, okay, I shouldn't play it because I would probably hate it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even well, though it's, it's like, also, like, the first one, kind of a good game or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've come to the realization that, like, there's going to be a lot of things that we cover with this pod that these are games that you should not just blast through in a week and I'm going to have a shit time because <laughs> this is not yeah. the format that they're designed for. Meant to be played in. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, actually playing them sounds, like, almost unworkable. <laughs> Like yeah, other than just watching. Yeah, we've we we've we've I I think all of us decided with Black Ops the at next episode we're gonna do is I think all of us just watched it right. No one played mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't the, even touch it. I, I, found I don't the really need to box. ever play another Call of Duty game again. I don't think. Yeah, and I played I the first games. ones I've ever played like all the way through this past year, but I, I'm good. That's the other thing with the show is like it's nice like playing all this stuff. It's like especially the older games that like either I'm revisiting or doing for the first time, and it's like oh this is really horrible for people's <laughs> psyche. <laughs> yeah. Well, also I mean I think having guests on, not just me obviously, but like other people. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we have. To, I think Dakota's going to come on. Um, That's going to be about cool. Yeah, he wants to do a um like a 1998 uh like adventure game that's like a program to kill simulator. Yeah. called Harvester. Yeah. Um Oh boy. And then we're also we're going to do an episode about chess with uh do you follow uh Good Luck John Boy on Twitter? I feel like I've seen them. I'm not certain though. Yeah, he's really cool. Um, he's we talk a lot, but he's like a big chess nerd. Like goes to tournaments. Mm-hmm. Like so, he's gonna come on and talk. We're talk like military history and like Bobby Fischer and all kinds of. We do need. Uh, I'd really like to get. Um, <laughs> I don't think Jimmy's been been blessed with all the uh, Ayn Rand's trash pussy. Did we, did that get cut? Well, I mean, if you read about the weird like love triangle that she had going like did she if you read in between the lines there's no way that that was like good yeah oh I, I started i got into an article about her and all that stuff at some point when we were doing bioshock and then i turned back very quickly i was uh, looking at something about how uh jackie kennedy looks exactly like et the other day <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, or like a like the sloth from that one animated kids. Show. Oh, Ice Age. Yes, yes. Ice Age. Yeah, I had a joke that, like, like you'd think she could have kept a better eye on her man because like her eyes were on different sides of her head. 
<laughs> yeah, all the Kennedys just look fucking lizardy. I don't know. H.P. Lovecraft monsters. That's because that's yeah. what they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're literally yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they're deep ones. That's they're what like, happens when you an Irish person um, sells their soul to the wasps. <laughs> <laughs> This is an uh, anti-Kennedy like podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. no, uh, tomorrow I'm doing an episode with Dimitri, right? And we're going to talk about the Sicario movies, right? And I just watched re- oh, the, yeah. the first one last night. Yeah. Oh, hold up. Yeah. Hold up. So I've never seen the Sicario mm-hmm. movies. I have never All seen... Right. Uh, oh, my God. I haven't seen amazing. Day of the Salado, but and I want to. And... So I bring this up at my girlfriend's house, and we're having dinner, and they're gonna we're gonna watch a movie after after dinner, and they're like, "You already watched Come and See." (laughs) Yeah, and what the fuck did? uh, Not a joke. I I, so my my mother in law more or less is like, "Oh yeah, we have this this uh uh, the Sicario movie we're gonna watch." I'm like, "I can't fucking wait." It was night of night of the Sicario. Sicario just means hitman in yeah, Spanish. Right. It was like this like B C rate movie about uh, hit uh, some kind of cartel hitmen during a hurricane. Oh, that and it was stupid. the most dog shit <laughs> movie I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Last night I was just looking because I, I wanted to like either watch or rewatch the rest of the Denis Villeneuve movies that I haven't seen, and I had I forgot that he even did Sicario, so that's the only one I watched last night, because I think it's the only free one besides Blade Runner, but so good. Yeah. I heard the second one is not as good. I invited, um, I, I invited Jimmy to come on our show if we ever get around to talking about uh, the men behind the sun to talk about Unit 731. Yay. Oh, God, yes. All the Japanese yes. war crimes. Please. What a nightmare. Fuck. Dude. I'm literally reading oh. the one of the books on it right now, and it's just like real black pill in the oh. real sense. I don't know how you sleep after reading that shit. Would you say it was worse? Would you say it's worse than the Nazi shit, or as bad, or not this? Um, in some ways, I think maybe the they got away with doing more because they were in Manchukuo, <laughs> like the puppet state, right? So like right. German. In Germany, they were a lot more secretive. I think the Nazis would have been as bad, but I don't think that they were able to because there were too many other nationalities around watching. Yeah, yeah. Keep keep in mind, like in Asia, like those people are superfluous to U.S. Info, yeah, interest and Western interests. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. If you want to yeah, un- unleash the plague just for shits and giggles, like. The book is basically making me more Maoist, like, as I read it. And, like, there's, like, stories of, like, Soviet columns coming into Manchukuo to, like, liberate it, basically. And then they'll just, like, see, like, hordes of, like, rats and rabbits, like, coming at them. And they're just like, oh, those definitely have the plague. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, God. It's just like, tell me that's not, like, a good force for humanity. Yeah. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Ugh, that's that's nightmare fuel right there. And that's why anime is bad. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. if you have any last words, you can say them. 
by by all means. 9-11 was an inside job. 9-11 was an inside job. Listen to Mind Games podcast. <laughs> yeah, 9 levels. Listen to listen to our podcast. It's Mind Games. Um, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Mind Games Pod. Oh, it's Mind Games with a Z. That's important. Um, Mind Games with a Z Pod. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Pussy underscore 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 Teeth. <laughs> yeah, you guys should listen to Mind Games for sure. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> Jimmy, it was great talking with you. Yes, it was. It was Thanks for having us. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, thank you real. so much for having um, us on. We've had a great time. Can't wait time. to hear the, uh, I just finished up Krupp, so I'm going to start the Japanese one soon. So cannot oh, yeah. wait. And hopefully that's, uh, yeah, and your your episodes are not as long-winded as uh, Dan Carlin. Um, yeah. Also, they're not as problematic as Dan Carlin episodes, but um yeah i can't wait to hear that when it's not three hours at a time four hours at a time thank you very much someone called me the parapolitical dan carlin right (laughs) i'm just trying to be the parapolitical george carlin (laughs) there we go That's buzz. Tryna hold it in, but I'm coughing up a lung. Watch me stun. Gold around my neck. Diamonds on my wrist, bitch. Let me cash my check now. Bitch, I'm hot. Rolling on that dope. Okay. Kicking back with my feet up. Play with Gang you Nintendo, cause I'm hot. Rolling on that dope. Kicking back with my feet up. Play with Gang you Nintendo, cause I'm hot. Rolling on that dope, kicking back on my feed up, playing GameCube Nintendo, cause we hot. Rolling on that dope, kicking back on my feed up, playing GameCube Nintendo, cause we hot.